0: This show is distributed by Sunquot. Welcome.
1: Welcome to episode 233 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. And today's show is um, coming from MicroConf. We are at MicroConf. We're currently in a hotel room recording this show. And um, if you haven't heard Texing before, we would encourage you to go to TexingWiki.com. That's TexingWiki.com just to, hear, just to learn a little bit uh, about the show, just some of the threads. Right,
0: right, right. Well, the ongoing storylines that are a year or two years old, so we don't have to explain them every yeah, we explain
1: them every single time we bring it up. If you do regularly listen to the show, well, in that case, please do go out and tell someone about the show so that, uh,
0: or well, I mean, you wanted people to go in and, and edit the wiki,
1: right? Add content, I, yeah. Well, I mean, well, that was your hope, right? Well, the crowdsourcing, but you know, Philip Monet's done such a great job. I mean, he's he's the crowd. Yeah, but that's,
0: he that he's only really touched on a fraction of <laughs> Okay, the, well yeah. The so topics. if if you do
1: go to um com, go and uh, help, help us just uh fill it out if that's okay. I mean.
0: Well, that'll be interesting <laughs> to see. I mean, you know, you're you sort of optimistic about crowdsourcing this. Mm. So, bit, I always
1: am optimistic.
0: Yeah. I'm a little, I'm the skeptic when it comes to that. So, we'll see if people are willing to uh
1: throw in. Some but output. I I also think we should say, you know, if you do listen to the show, tell someone who has never heard of the show before, do tell them about it, because that might uh, kind of uh, kick us up the button, and then we'll do one show a week again, rather than the one, the kind of bi-weekly show. Right,
0: right. So this is our, what, third, third time we've done a bi-weekly? Yeah, and it hasn't really the bu-
1: changed the numbers, either, you know, up or down. It's easier. Mm-hmm. It is definitely easier. Like, there, our, um, <clears throat> last weekend, I had some major crunch stuff to do, you know, and it was great to be able to do that stuff. And not have to spend three hours on the show. Although I do enjoy doing the show.
0: So why don't we uh, hear what's going on with? Or uh, well, why did you have
1: a crunch time? What's going on with Digidoo? Well, we're rolling out to um, we're rolling out to four schools in Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, actually I can't stay here for the whole of Microcomp this time uh, because I need to fly out tomorrow night. So I'm only here the for DC. one day. Yeah, Washington D.C. Yeah.
0: And so what were you working on that required?
1: the crunch we've been working on a chat uh, node.js chat system and i uh, for the first time uh, got into the node.js stuff a little bit and i'm mostly i'm really liking it it's very nice
0: well so you have well it's not just node.js it's node.js socket io Uh,
1: yeah and redis it's true i keep on thinking that node.js is socket io but actually socket io is kind of the thing that's doing the magic really isn't it it's it's the one that's holding the connections it like has a lot of different connections going i mean could you use socket io with um i don't know php or something no, it, it only works. With no,
0: this. well, I mean, okay. So what Node does on the server is is allows you to um, exchange information between connections really easily. Yeah, you know, and hold open connections. I mean,
1: because everything's in memory, right?
0: Right. So it's ongoing. So whereas, yes, it's one process Mm -hmm. right every single time that you run a php script it's like a different thread or different process depending on how you have it configured yeah Yeah. so if you wanted if if you your connection opened up and then i opened up a connection through php the only way you could get them to communicate is if you were hitting a database and kind of or cache or something or maybe you could do this It really sucks i've done this before is open up a socket connection like you have a, a php run as a daemon and have that as a socket server and then the php script opens up a socket connection to the socket server so you could kind of do it in a, in a crappy way kind of what node does
1: well there is another thing you can do you can do uh, there's a shmem uh function which just allows you to share memory between processes in php just in case you didn't know that
0: yeah but, but that's, that's also, pretty, it's pretty hairy that's pretty hairy i'm not sure how how robust that is i've i've
1: been reading about that stuff you ever get that working Uh, I've never done it myself, but I I just know that I know theoretically it's possible. Someone out there has probably done it. So anyway, um, Udi basically did the, the node stuff. He's, he's done node a few times before. Um, and, um, it's, let's just say when you try and test it, there's a, it's finicky, right? You know, all the different callbacks and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm when we when we started started testing it there was a lot to do you know there was a lot of bugs that we had to do to make it all hang together and work
0: right well getting used to writing node code with mm. you know managing callbacks asynchronous nature of it i mean it it takes a little getting used to i mean it's just it's just a little different way it's 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 like you have to train your eyes right. to looking at the code like oh this is not running sequentially like this in, this inline anonymous function is happening later. And especially yeah. if this inline function is happening inside another inline function. If you get more than a couple, it starts to get pretty hairy. I mean, sometimes you'll see that when we like nine callbacks in a row when you're connecting to some data store and it's like, get, connect to the database, get the connection, get the, you know, and everyone is a callback and you have like five callbacks in a row and, and every one you have to check for is, if error, yeah, if not. And that stuff is just, that stuff's just I was conness. surprised
1: how kind of, well, you know, once it's up and running, you know, we had like 30 tablets, no, 26 tablets going through uh, like a, uh, a 0.6 connection at one stage. What's 0.6 mean? A 0.6 megabit down. Okay. You know, like a really bad connection. But it still kind of retains the connections. Uh, if you turn off the tablet and turn it on, it, it will pick it up again. So it's See, again, good that's not really Node. That's Socket.io. That's, Socket IO. IO. that's why I keep on saying Socket I/O is the one that's doing the magic here. Yeah, you like know.
0: I said, it's a different kind of magic, yeah. though. I mean, there's <laughs> server-side magic. Yeah. There's stuff that makes... It would be hard, even if it's socket IO. Like I said, the PHP stuff, the shared connection, the shared state stuff was really hard to pull off. And um, Node makes that almost trivial. Mm-hmm. Um, and the socket IO does handles all the client side magic. So it's two kinds of magic together. So those two things, and then having Redis there, which makes it really easy for storing um, for storing state. So if Node goes down temporarily, you don't lose
1: everything, right? Yeah. So, quit checking in. What are you doing? I'm just, uh, Matt's sending me a, an email of um, a bunch of charging stations okay. <laughs> for tablets. A picture. Yeah, yeah. so,
0: um, but you said you had 26 tablets. I mean, so that's nothing from a Node standpoint. Yeah. No, you c- could yeah. have, I mean, I, I, I've seen numbers of people who've who've posted about this. Or they have hundreds of thousands, even like a million concurrent yeah. Connections into Node with with minimum latency and some kind of reasonable continuous throughput. Has I mean,
1: I I guess what we, you know in the long run, Digidoo could have I don't know. Let's say ten thousand students. That's nothing compared to what you are talking about right there. Nothing. And and if you think about it, you guys have been doing that this with Uber for a long time. I mean, your, your iPhone, you know, all the little iPhones are connecting to Node right through what through like Wi Fi. I mean, through cell carriers, which is actually a worse scenario than what we're doing, which would be. Through internet and wireless. So anyway, that's been a lot of fun, and um, you know, doing the UI for that as well. Um, what 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 did I see? I want to
0: see a demo of that. You're gonna to have to show me afterwards. Yeah, I'll
1: show you. Yeah, the UI is good. Um, one thing that I saw that was that worked really nicely was um, doing uh, fixed positioning. I was telling you about this. Mm-hmm. So basically, for the, for a pop-up, normally when I do pop-ups, they're very short-lived pop-ups. Mm-hmm. But um, for this chat system, I wanted it to be a long-lived pop-up, and also wanted to work. With the scr- when the tr- screen orientation was changing. And that's kind of difficult to do if you're using JavaScript and like calculating positions and keeping track of when the orientation happens. But it's absolutely trivial if you use position fixed and just basically set the top, the left, the right, and the bottom. Basically, it just tracks it and does it very nicely. So that's different than obviously using absolute. So yeah, it's different is- than using absolute, yeah. So position fixed, you just... Basically, position fixed, you can just say um, the top, the-, the left-hand corner of this div is uh, 58 pixels from the left at all times.
0: Right, which is the same as where it's absolute, but then you hit the right, the right, the top, and the right. Yeah. I mean, the right and the bottom yeah, are exactly. also fixed. It's kind of yeah. like
1: anchoring. Yeah, it's, it anchors it to the left and the right and the top and the bottom, which is great, you know? Yeah. So as you drag the browser, the, the, the window changes, and if you change the orientation, it instantly changes. So it just takes care of a lot of, a lot of that stuff. That's slick. Yeah. That's cool. Well, how'd you happen to look for that? Um, I knew about it, but I just haven't used it before. Kind of had it in the back of my head. I knew it was an old CSS trick. So I mean, we have been having amazing conversations over the last two days, which is so which sucks because we didn't record any of the conversations. We've been talking about all this interesting stuff. But um, here, here we are. And like it's always like we're all we're talked out at this stage.
0: <laughs> well, I, was, I always say you're like a content sieve. And whenever we talk,
1: you want to talk about the most interesting stuff. I'm like, you really want to talk about it? Well, because I now? just want to talk about what I want to talk about, right? I'm in the mood to just talk about it, you know? Like, I don't want to sit there and say, okay, let's go out and get the recording gear, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, so what we. We went to uh, the park yesterday. Right. So you, I took the kids to the park and I invited you along. We were along. just talking
1: about some of the the, the, the more technical Digido stuff that I don't really want to talk about on the air. And and actually, this is a good a good topic, which is that there is no benefit to me like talking about some some of the really exciting stuff that we're doing with Digidoo. There is actually no benefit to talking about because it essentially will give away secrets. And it's not like we need to market this product because this is an enterprise product that we're, we're basically, we need to go and knock on doors to sell it. So the the only, there's yeah. only loss, you know, there's only downsides to publicly talking about some of these, this really cool shit that we're doing. So, right. That sucks.
0: Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's right. I mean, I see, I don't, I don't think the whole, if you guys get some competitors, if you get someone else who wants to do like in school, uh, con- interactive content delivery platform, like you guys are doing the whole stuff, whole, th- I mean, they're going to go through all the learning stuff and 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 you know they're picking up bits and pieces that they might by listening to the show um they're going to figure it all that out on their own anyway but it's going to be
1: but i mean we've had a pretty steep learning curve and we've got we've gone through a lot of you know we've had to learn a lot so if i was to talk about each lesson and all that all that stuff that we've been learning that's just going to be so easy for i mean a competitor to just yeah you know I still think that's
0: kind of a small, a small chance of that really happening. You imagine, you go, oh, I'm going to go list these back episodes of texting for Justin, and in like one hour and seven minutes, mention something he does with a local service. No, I wasn't thinking. Unlikely. I was thinking it's
1: more along the lines of, I mean, you know, the, the organizations who would be in competition, especially some of the enterprise level organizations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there would be a very, there'd be a good chance that we would have a listener in that organization. You know, nah.
0: you don't think our audience isn't that big?
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: I don't think. I, I think the, I think the, uh, the chance for the chance that anybody at a competing company has any awareness of this podcast I think we, is
1: pretty minimal. I don't know. We know some influencers, you know, some some influencers listen to us. I think that um, you underestimate the texting surface area.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I don't know. Well, okay. Um, anyway, it's it's cool to see that it's, it's picking up, though. It sounds yeah, like you're making cool. a lot of progress. You're using some cool new technologies. Mm-hmm. I mean... Um, so you're and I went, the, the, this new, the new stuff that you personally been able to start playing with that you weren't prior to working with Digidoo are Laravel for PHP, which mm-hmm. is a really slick framework. It's, it's sort of like, um, it looks to me like it's the latest and greatest of the PHP frameworks. It takes a lot of lessons from Rails and Django and the PHP frameworks came before it. So it does all the nice things that you would expect from a modern MVC web framework. Yeah. Um, but it also doesn't try and do things that PHP doesn't do well. It plays like
1: this is this is the PHP version of this. It also doesn't try and write everything from the ground up. Like they've taken they've they've got some of the core modules are taken from the Symphony project. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're not too they're not kind of proud and saying, Oh, we have to write everything, you know. But the documentation is gorgeous. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the best documentation I've seen for a web framework. Yeah. Um know, yeah, very nice.
0: So, and so that's one thing. And then, of course, SocketIO, Redis, and Node does a does are three other. Yeah. So, you, that are all so new. you
1: guys are doing a lot of in-memory stuff with Node, right? But we're not doing that so far. We're pushing everything straight to Redis and reading from Redis.
0: Yeah. You know, um, and that's this, there's a debate on like what maybe we should be doing or could be doing that with with Aduber, but the thing is that already the amount of throughput we have puts a lot of heat on redis yeah and redis slows it down so um if you if for every single time that you wanted to update information and get get information out instantiate the objects make all the right kind of computations on it, and then send the information back out to the driver client uh, that would um, that would just be too much work yeah it would yeah. just slow it down i mean um so you just hold so it so in, in a sense it's like Another level of caching, right? So you have the 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 fully normalized complete data sits in Postgres. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then Redis has like sort of what I would call sort of uh, semi denormalized data. That sort of the JSONification of of the instantiated objects in, in in Node. Yeah. And Node has those same objects, but they're actually objects, right? They're not. It's not string, you know, JSON strings. It's the objects which are instantiated and have references to other objects. Everything's there. So it's another level. It's real stuff. Yeah. Of real. So it's like, you know, the slowest would be if you had to go and hit MySQL or Postgres, get a bunch of information out, make a bunch of calculations and stuff, update the records and send stuff out. The next fastest would be, okay, now we stick stuff. We have the JSON strings of this information that's sort of stored in, in Memcache or Redis or whatever. And the next level up is you have fully instantiated object references. And that makes it really fast. Right.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's like a kind of synchronization system, basically. You've written a very complex synchronization system.
0: Well, so, the, the, and it's sort of, you know, historical, I guess. I mean, then the sense that the initial architecture for Uber's dispatch system came out of my head, and where it came from was from building these sort of algorithmic high-frequency trading systems. Right. And if you have stocks and futures and positions and all this stuff, in memory, I mean, you have stuff updating tens, 10 or 100 times a second. There's no way you're sticking that into some kind of data store and doing kind of serializations of any kind. Yeah. So you're sti- those were written in C++ or whatever. And it's an object that just gets, you know, some binary data, mem, mem copies it into some struct, copies some of that data or into some other thing or attaches it to something, and that's it. Yeah. You know, um, it's just so transient and it needs to be up to date. So that's how it evolved from that. Um, which is sort of the opposite side of the web world, where the web world was like, we stick everything into a relational database, and if we really need to, we might cache some of the more frequently queried information, right? Yeah. What are you looking at? I'm looking for Will my you links. Your background, background. background
1: in the entire show. I am not. I'm looking for links so that we can talk about <laughs> stuff. Justin is not you're even asking doing asking me the show. for <laughs> links. Justin is not even engaged in the show. That's so not true. Um, I, was, I, I, had, I had these links that I thought were just awesome, and... Um, one of them we started talking about on the plane which was this um it it was this came up on Hacker News. i don't know if you saw it but basically it was about uh korean beauty beauty contest so um some guy did a a breakdown of like the the top 12 contestants and what he was saying is is that there's so much plastic surgery that these beauty contestants look incredibly similar with only about a 20 percent variance and he did like a, a breakdown and kind of measured it and did charts and did morphing and all this kind of stuff and you you were going to talk you you had an interesting response so you were going to talk about that
0: well i don't know if it's interesting I, I i didn't get a chance to read this this particular article it's in my it's saved in insta paper was it there's, there's a priceonomics article about something like um you know the 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 benefits or whatever of being shockingly good looking or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And was that the same article?
1: No, no, that's a, that's a different yeah. article, but that's, uh, I was talking with George about that the other day, just about how people who are good looking do better in business. They do. Yeah. Better. But they you, make more money. you,
0: I think you, with our previous conversation, you were overstating it. Like you're saying there people who are better looking have 10 times the success or some kind of crazy number. Right, okay. Like, what is the truth? I, I, I don't know. I've not read stuff about that, but yeah, people who are a little better looking or taller or things like this, but add, add, add a little bit, a few percentage points of probability that they're going to succeed, right? 5% or 10 versus 20%. It depends, obviously, to the how much better looking someone is on okay. average. But it's not like, 10 times, like, wow, you're an 8.5 and, and you're a 4 and this 8.5 has, you know, 10 times a probability okay, of success. Okay, did you know that
1: there is an organization called the Organization of Young CEOs? And I think they're all under 25. Do you think that they are good looking or No. What, what 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 would be your guess? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious. Probably what, not. Probably, I would probably pro- average. I'd say that. I'd say probably if probably you, average. If they're going to be like high flying CEOs before twenty five? Look at most CEOs. They're probably good looking. <laughs> probably help them out. You don't think? Nah. I mean, I, I
0: bet you. I bet you that if you if you rank them and I was what I was thinking about because you were talking about this twenty percent variance. So yeah. when I was reading that P- Priceonomics blog post, I was I was glancing through it. I just glanced through one picture, and they had they had these sort of super, they superimposed like. 30 people for each category. So if you were ranked an eight to an eight and a half or eight and a half to a nine, nine and a half to 10 or whatever, yeah. they would get 30 people ranked on hot or not. Right. At that level. And they superposed them all on, and at, on the on that one face. It was a composition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was funny. So it was the thinner faces, the thinner, the, the faces became thinner. And of course the, before they're down, they became fatter. But so what it did, one of the things it did though, is it made the people at that particular level, um, more tra- that that superimposed or aggregate view was or averaged view was more was better looking than any individual because it was more uh, it averaged out all the differences. Yeah. Right. It, the symmetries were greater. It, it was it was it was it was closer to the mean.
1: basically Yeah. Basically, we find as far you know as normal as possible, good looking. Like the more na- the more normal. It's
0: right. Somewhat. So if your eyes are really far apart. Yeah. Are really close together. Your nose is really big, or really small. Your lips are really big, or really small. Your cheeks are really high, really low. Any of those things get too far off of certain range, and it detracts. So it's like you could almost do like a um, a, a a grid of points, right? So you could sit there and go, okay. No, you can. That's, right. So that's what I was thinking can, yeah. about. So I was actually thinking about it before you brought this up. I was thinking like you could take a picture of someone's face and you would do like almost a nearest neighbor calculation on those twenty points versus the twenty points or fifty points or whatever how many grid points you wanted for the average face at a certain level. So you could, basically using that algorithm, I could say, you're taking your picture upgrade it. You, you don't have to go through how to not. You are a seven point. Well, I've told or you about the 4. golden 8.
1: mean, right? This is the golden mean face mask. I'm just showing J- okay. uh, Jason this here. So basically th- this golden mean is what well, I think it's 1.681 or something like that is the mm-hmm. golden ratio. Yeah. So right. every single part of this face, it has a ratio of 1.681. Okay. And it fits on top. It literally fits on top of the most beautiful people. It's just like, exactly.
0: I, I'd like to see like, rather than having like just a picture, I'd like to see an actual n- numerical calculation. Like just, what, if you could say, if you could, um, where you could up, you could upload a picture either of, of a celebrity or someone who's famous or, or yourself or somebody else and say like, what, what would be your actual score?
1: Right. That'd, that'd You're good <laughs> <laughs> right, that'd be
0: that'd be good at 0.12.
1: Right? You know.
0: Or like you could have you like here's 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 before you lost 20 pounds and here's after you lost 20 pounds. You just gained,
1: you know, half a point. <laughs> well, I don't it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. Your eyes aren't going to get closer or further apart. <laughs> yeah,
0: but like I said that one
1: picture of that priceonomics thing
0: it was about oh, it, it people's averaged faces that. Yeah. became fatter.
1: Right. They become
0: they significant way down the scale. Right. And I was looking at my face before and I was like, you know, I'm 20 pounds heavier now. I, I, I was I was looking at pictures of myself when I, we were when my wife and I were married. I'm like, yeah, I'm not as good as lo- good looking as I was then. I was well, better looking before I put on twenty pounds.
1: <laughs> oh, no no shit, know? Sherlock.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's obvious, right? right. It goes, has, some of it goes to your face. Well, yeah. you see celebrities like that, where like, um, like who was the guy um, who was in Good Will Hunting? Not the star. Um, I'm blanking on him. The darker guy. Uh, you were Goodwill Hunting,
1: right? With, the, with Robin Williams.
0: No, he J-Lo, remember? uh, J- the, uh, the, uh, J- uh was Bennifer, Ben
1: Affleck. Matt, Matt Damon? Ba- oh, ben, ben Affleck, Affleck right? Yeah. I just
0: saw him the other day. Uh, I was just watching him in uh, Chasing Amy the other night. Remember that yeah. movie? Yeah. So I remember he was on like Saturday Night Live or something like this. This is probably 10, 12 years ago or whatever it was. And like he had put on some weight, um, I guess, just for whatever reason. And he looked kind of bloated and kind of – and he was like distinctly – Less good-looking Less- than he was when he was in shape,
1: you know. Yeah, but I guess you can go too far the other way. I mean, if you if you just look like a, a skeleton, then oh yeah, then, yeah, you know, yeah, it does.
0: He goes the other way, right? Yeah. yeah. People who look, I mean, you've seen people who are like anorexic, and yeah, people, yeah. Oh my god, that's just Maybe gross. yeah. So. Um, but you know, so interesting. I wonder. It probably wouldn't be very hard to do that kind of an algorithm, right? Oh. I mean, it's simply
1: well, there's there's these Java. I mean, there's these JavaScript image uh, pattern uh, libraries that you could use to do that. I don't. You know, I don't. And then know. just do a
0: numer- new, new, That would yeah. be that would be a fun. You think about like you know these show hacker news. My weekend project. Yeah. Right. Like how hot am I? <laughs> <dot com>. based, <laughs> based on
1: based on the golden mean.
0: None of No, no, not, not no, even no, no, the golden no. mean. Just no. based
1: on that, the the average of society.
0: Average. Use the average of of um. Just use that. Use the information from that, you know the thirty people at each of the rankings from hot or not. Yeah. And then do where where are your closest um where do the where do the you know the 50 grid points or whatever near, your nearest neighbor which one is the has the least difference has the lowest difference where are you closest to or something like that,
1: that but that I, w- I wish i had that li- uh, link to show you right now about the south koreans um but uh they they all look like the same person mm. that was crazy they were so similar i saw
0: um, one before where they had like they did the average div- they averaged a bunch of uh females from each one of these different um parts of the world, so from Thailand or Ireland or Scandinavia or whatever. And it was interesting because they all looked different. They were all gorgeous. Yeah. But they were gorgeous in you know slightly different accented ways, right? Yeah. There's this gorgeous Chinese girl, this gorgeous like Italian girl. And it's like, wow, which was prettier? I I don't know. They're both gorgeous. <laughs> it's just like, eh, what is it? But they each looked like their ethnicity. Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. How about the ethnicity The particular ethnicity didn't make them less attractive.
1: Yeah. At least for my eyes. They all looked gorgeous. So (laughs) I was like, yeah. All right. So next next was, um, do you you mind me bringing up? Go ahead. Bring up your. Okay. uh, I thought this was good and I thought you would like this. And you've you've probably seen it anyway. um, It's about uh, Google Trends predicting the stock market. Mm, Okay. Just that, uh, what was it? it? Basically, if you, but there could be the potential of curve fitting here. Because what they did was they looked at the they looked at Google Trends over the last ten years. So they said that if you if you bought or sold the the stock market, the what 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 is it, what's the main tracker? Um, an index Na, S&P, Nasdaq is it? S and P five hundred. Yeah, like or? basically the, the main track the uh, an index S and P five hundred. Right. Okay. So if you bought or sold that a week before or a week after, I I can't remember exactly what it is, but just the Google Trend of the word debt. Yeah. You would end up with three hundred and ninety-eight percent growth over the past ten. Any years. Any other terms? Yeah, they had. Um, uh, let's have a look at the term. So
0: they, they order them by correlations or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so debt, but th- this is where it's weird. Like <coughs> color, color. What Co- does that mean? Like the word, the word color, for some reason, stocks is like as in having the most positive effect over that amount of time. Color. Yeah.
0: The word color. Yeah stocks or stocks restaurant that's portfolio what, yeah. so one over like a negative correlation and a positive correlation or something no this
1: these are positive color cor- that's color isn't it right? so when people stocks.
0: look up stocks restaurant Post- portfolio inflation inflation, inflation. <laughs> so i don't understand well, why why is okay, one so look so look
1: these these are the worst these negative. are the worst terms negative ring environment Freedom. fun labor <laughs> <laughs> labor train fun
0: see the question is okay i don't know is, so is it- what you see so what you'd have to do is, to create some robustness in this is that you'd have to really what you do is you'd, you'd you'd kind of have like a rolling rolling window and you'd have it you'd find the ones that were good for you know for x number of years and then you'd kind of test it for years going forward so really what you want to do is test this now for the next six months or something yeah and see if this holds up
1: I think it's curve fitting. I think basically they just look back on a previous data set for the past 10 years and it just so happens that debt is a word that re- works really well with this theory. But if you, if you followed it forward, it probably wouldn't yeah, work it as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, so you, you have like not people who you, you have people who are writing this are just, this is interesting data mining, but the, yeah. it wouldn't, it, they're probably not using a robust, um, uh, type of, uh,
1: strategy analysis to determine if it, so basically, if a term such as debt was suddenly searched more frequently, the simulation sold short. Mm-hmm. So if, if 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 there's less searches of debt, then the simulation buys. And if there's more searches, then it sells short.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I was just um, – I was just uh, – happened to read an article today. It was about – talking about how um, like two-thirds of the average American's 401k gets eaten up by Wall Street um, – uh, fees. Oh, really? So, they were assuming like a 7%. There was an interview on, I guess it was a PBS Frontline special. Yeah. And I guess when the guys were talking about who who they were talking to and they were interviewing was a guy who for a number of years ran one of these low no, low load mutual funds, which means they, they don't have a lot of fees. And he, I think he's one of those people who was explaining how important it is to have low fees because those kill... Kill you because you, we talk about the power of compounding interest, yeah. You know, the, the exponential, how powerful that. I mean, I think um, uh, Einstein famously, when asked what, what's the most powerful force in the universe, and he said compound interest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said you need to be wary of compound fees or compound costs. So if you have a two percent, they 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 basically assumed you had seven percent compound interest and average return and a two percent per year fees that end up somehow. Working out to a two thirds of your fees, uh, two thirds of your of your of your uh, resulting returns being eaten up by Wall Street. Yeah. So I, you know, I only I was reading it on our, our shuttle ride. From the, right. So I didn't read the very end of it, but I, that was the that was the gist of it. Um, and that's something that I've, you know, obviously my background in the trading has been in the trading world, so I'm I'm. I've been somewhat aware of, of these things and how the importance of getting your fees or cost structure down. That's just a killer. Um, it's a killer in high frequency trading, it's a killer in long term investing. And, you know, and, and, and occasionally someone would say, Hey, you know, knowing that I was in finance, people were like, what should I do with my money? I'm like, dude, I don't know. But just don't pay a bunch of fees, whatever you do. Like, well, I'm in this mutual fund or I'm that mutual fund. I'm like, Well, if they're charging you fees, I wouldn't do it. I just buy index tracking funds. Yeah. You know, that just buy go buy like uh you buy the fund for you know, you pay your uh you know, your $10, um, you know, brokerage fee to buy, you know, the the spiders or, or diamonds
1: or whatever in ETF tracking one of those. But like, can you get that order fulfilled? I mean, like, let's what say, let's say you try and buy a thousand bucks worth. Are you always going to be able to buy it? Is, saying, is it going to be
0: available? What do you mean? Yeah, so they're liquid stocks. Yeah, they're always a bid of and
1: offer publicly. Yeah. And, 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 and but what happens a, if no one else is selling or no one else okay, is buying? Okay, okay.
0: The way it works is, um, and, and it's slightly different different exchanges, but essentially you have market makers whose job and responsible it is to prov- to provide bids and offers. So even if there are, isn't another public customer willing to buy or sell, there are professionals out there who are making who, who cover the opposite side. Right? I see. So with the Why? privilege, well, they make money off the spread, so they have they, they have privileged access to public orders, but in return for, which re- provides liquidity. Huh. So for a few or I come and say, Hey, I want to buy $10,000 worth of, you know, the, of the spiders, you know, ETFs. Okay. It's, you know, rather than me having to wait for another public order, there's a market maker who has the opposite side posted. And this is the price. And it is you know, for their twenty 20,000 shares, they're willing to sell at this price. And it's, you know, two, two pennies or five pennies above the bid. And I can get filled automatically.
1: Yeah. Because I, uh, Coinbase, which does Bitcoin, mm-hmm. I joined, and they, like they they barely sell any. They don't
0: have a market. Well, it's any? it's
1: just like the, they have a ration. You can you know you can only buy a certain amount.
0: Okay, this is okay. not really an exchange, right? In this, okay. in this traditional sense, I don't know much about it, but yeah. Um, anyway, the the point is these public markets, especially for anything that's that has any liquidity to it, that is some kind of like penny stock somewhere, you could pretty much buy. Or, Buy or as much as you want when you're talking about the scale of like individual investors. Mm, okay. I and mean, a hedge fund who wants to put hundreds of millions to okay, work may not be so able easy. to, but you or I, it's like, even if you said, Hey, I want to buy a hundred thousand dollars of this, that's no problem. I mean, there's some conserve that. So anyway, but I wanted to say, I want to finish this off though, is that, yeah. so you don't want to pay fees. Okay. You want, you want to get away from fees in the end. I think the vast majority of index of, of, of mutual funds do not outperform the market. So just buy the market, which are, which are the S&P index, the ETF. Just buy that. You okay. Just buy a few shares, you know, and that's it. Be done with it.
1: How's Tesla doing? It's been kissing up around 51, 52. So you, so, and you came in at, what, 45?
0: What no. You, you came I, in
1: a few different places. No, I, I started buying at 28. Oh, wow. And
0: I bought as high as 34. So I ever huh. around 32, I think. So you... Give or take.
1: You, you, it was right to join when you said... You were well, buying mean, all the money.
0: You know, like I said, I'm I'm, a, I, I'm thinking of the 7 to 10-year time yeah. horizon. So, you know, because I think it's going to be 10 times valuable. So, even right now, we're at a severe discount to what I think it's going to be valuable because I believe in the strategy. I believe in Elon Musk. Yeah. I believe in the Tesla strategy. It makes yeah. sense to me. The supercharger stations, starting high-end, going low-end, everything they're doing just makes sense. Yeah. And the quality of the product, the software aspect of it, the update, all that stuff – I believe, I fundamentally believe it's going to work. Yeah. So, and I remember this is like, I don't know, it was a couple months ago. There, um, the, I guess, I can't remember which one it was. I guess they law they, they had a, 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 a quarter where they missed target or they said something and it dropped like seven or eight bucks. Went down from like 42 down to 34, 33. Sandy, I I happened to be in, in San Francisco working up at uber and sandy called me she's like you see what happened to tesla day i'm like no and she's like it just dropped to 33 i'm like well buy as much (laughs) as you can right now it's a blue light special like go buy now she's like really i'm like yeah really buy as much as you can right now and i emailed my buddy mark who's he's also like me believes in the strategy and his he's run some numbers on it and 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 i i emailed i'm like I'm like, dude, blue-eyed special time to buy up, and he's like, already done, already did it. <laughs> and uh, and I'm a, um, the guy who runs the machine learning team, the science math, what they call it, the math team or science team at Uber was asking me about. It. He's like, what do you really think is going to happen? And and um, you know, I gave him my spiel, which obviously I've made a few times on the show. And yeah. uh, luckily, at this point, I look like I know what I'm talking about. But yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, it, again, market markets go up and down. It's gonna. It'll. It'll probably go down again before it go. You know. It'll. I mean, it's not gonna go straight up. You know. It may shoot down below forty again at some point.
1: So, um, see this article that I'm showing on my screen here. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see this one about NASA sending telephone satellites up to space, and how okay. the, and how um, the speculation about the whole concept of the personal satellite market? Okay. So, I, don't know, I don't know about that concept. Uh, okay, well, okay, well, I'll start. So, so some, younger devel- some younger engineers at NASA, maybe 20, said, look, you know, why don't, we, why don't we just send some mobile phones up there? They would make great satellites. I mean, they, you know, they can communicate with us. They can take pictures. They can send stuff back. And, like, the, the main engineers are like, I don't know about that. But anyway, they pushed through it. They did it. They've done it. They've sent, they've sent a few of these satellites up, which they just kind of put on the side of rockets that are going up anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? And so now there's, I don't know, four of them up there. Uh, reporting data back and the, there's a lot of discussion in the article about the concept of personal satellites hmm. so for the for, for companies and in the same way as we've got the all the stuff that you've been looking into like the, the maker stuff and then also the cellular stuff mm-hmm. like br- basically bringing the concept of the satellite down to a personal level
0: right you know the one thing i wonder about that that's really cool i mean but i, I wonder it's like you know they're talking about that space debris space junk it's yeah yeah like, right no, it's yeah it's dangerous it's hazardous because all these all these um you know rockets that have gone up over the years and then just parts of it fall off or they mm. leave and they just floats around space and or an orbit and some of it doesn't come down for quite a long time and so it's actually hazardous to other rockets going up there yeah well it a, into it.
1: like a, a fleck of paint will like cause an explosion if it hits something
0: well, you remember that the Chinese, like, what was it six or seven years ago? They like were were working on some. They were testing on some ballistic missile, and they shot it at a satellite, just blew it into like ten million pieces. And I think NASA and the European Space, you know, Union or whatever that's called, or space agency, were all like, "What? WTF? Why did you what do that? What are you doing? You know, yeah. like this is like, it's not cool, dude. <laughs> you know, but uh, and I think there's been some talk about remediation efforts like ways of collecting that John. but how, yeah, so but how are
1: they going to collect like little little dots of
0: paint I don't know I mean I, I, you know, I don't know much about it but you know I wonder like you know you you couldn't there's a limit to how much of this kind of stuff you get floating around up there yeah. before it becomes hazardous I mean yeah four or five, four thousand doesn't make a difference you get like forty thousand or a hundred thousand these things flying up it just I seems can't like, remember
1: where I read this but I think it was just maybe on Google News but it was talking about how you can survive in space without a space suit for how long a minute just for like was i talking about this with you no no yeah you can survive for like i think 45 seconds or something maybe up to a minute and there's been there has been a couple of times where someone's suit kind of cut off or whatever and they were able to grab them and pull them back inside wow and also with animals they've obviously done tests and things but that's weird isn't it because you kind of assume that as soon as you're in space that's it you're dead but if that you're you're dead if you're on your own, but if you've got someone else, you have, like, a chance of living.
0: Well, I was just watching uh, – so Sandy and I have been sort of binge-watching um, um, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, Africa. yeah, yeah. And there was an episode back uh, where they had to have two of these people make jump from one s- spaceship to another, maybe 20 feet or something. Right. With no – they had nothing on They had no spacesuit. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, and they lived, yeah. but it was obviously extremely – you know, physically I me is dangerous, you know, but I mean, I wonder if it's actually the dangerous of like you had someone and they were, they were in space for all of like three, three to five seconds, 10 seconds. Like how much
1: damage would that do? What would that do? It it, it basically what happens is you, you kind of blow up like a like a spacesuit kind of thing. And, but then you'll, when you get back inside, you you shrink back down. Is that right? But, um, I don't think, I mean, it hasn't really killed the people who it happened to.
0: But did they were they fully exposed or just had a hole in their spacesuit? I mean, that's two different. That's a good things. question. I don't know.
1: But with with the animals that they put up there, I mean, the the animals that they tested on, they they did survive, pretty pretty well. Good they may have is, been a bit.
0: Good the, thing because Peter would have come after. They may have been a bit,
1: it, you know, like <laughs> walking with a bit of a strange leg or something. But a golden retriever out in space.
0: It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> doesn't sound too
1: nice to the golden retriever. How you doing there? All right, come on. I'm 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 giving all the links to this show. So why don't you you're uh, out of, do something? are running out of stuff. Um,
0: Oh, you know. Speaking of space, um, I was sh- I showed Colby this video. He just blew his mind. So the SpaceX Grasshopper um, module, I think what it's what they did. Is they had a I, I can't remember which one of their rockets it was. It was a ten like a ten-story high rocket. Yeah, took off and it flew like um, I don't know it was like two hundred or four hundred meters into in, in, straight up, and then it came and sat straight back down. Huh. Land. It landed vertically. Wow. Maybe it was higher. Maybe it was like 800 meters. It was, that's why it it's called a grasshopper. High. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I didn't really right. think about that.
1: It's a grasshopper. So let's see what it said. That's kind of It cool. went,
0: um, let's see, how far did it go? That uses
1: thrust vectoring to control itself. That's the term I, I recently learned, thrust vectoring. Mm-hmm. You heard of that?
0: Look at you. <laughs> Learn something new every
1: day. Uh, that's yeah. why they don't have fins on the, on the SpaceX rockets, because they just, they don't need them.
0: Yeah, so it, it flew 250 meters, 820 feet straight up um, tripling the height flown on the previous leap. And it uses the vertical takeoff vertical landing V VTVL vehicle grasshopper 10 story cool. vertical takeoff. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. That, I was like, cool. We'll come check this out. And he was <laughs> like, ah, that is cool. <laughs> oh, but you know what else was cool? Um, and, uh, i you know, I'm blanking. One of our listeners alerted me to this. It was, um, there's a, um, a uh, Kickstarter campaign from, um, Uh, some of the, uh, from the guy, uh, um, geez, let me see if I can find this. I feel really bad. Oh, here we go. So it's the, um, I'm fumbling. Sorry. I'm fumbling around here. I'm I'm looking for my link on my iPad here. Okay. Growing plants, natural lighting with no electricity. So it's, uh, their goal was to raise 65,000 and they raised 126,000 already from 2000, a little over 2000 backers and they still have 40 days, 39 days to go. And it's the, the, the the goal is to create glowing plants, glowing, not growing, yeah. glowing plants using synthetic biology and genome compiler software. Oh, uh-huh. the first step in creating sustainable natural lighting. So you know, kind of like in uh, they showed a video, and it was kind of what they mean is kind of like on Avatar. Remember how all those plants would oh yeah at yeah night, kind of fluoresce? And they're talking about using, um, I guess, fl- kind of fluorescent genes like firefly DNA. Um, yeah, and, and and it would just, just glow, right? It wouldn't use any energy. That is so cool. Yeah, so, and remember we interviewed, um, um, let's see to find his name, uh, Drury. Is it Drury? Who, who, who the CEO of, uh, founder of uh, Genome Compiler. Remember him? Nope.
1: You're, oh, yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, what are you talking um, about? Yeah, I, like... yeah, omnijury, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. How, how, how do you say his name?
0: I don't, uh, Omnijury. They don't have, I can't find his uh yeah. It doesn't matter. Just say the next thing. Anyway, <laughs> it was super cool. So, okay. They, so it's like, I was thinking about it. And so it's like, you can get, for 90 bucks, you can get the, uh, like a book, like a like a, like a, one of those really nice, like, um, you know, what they call coffee table books. Yeah. It has all the pictures and the DNA, you know, the oh, DNA okay. and how, how it actually shows you how to do it. Like, mm. this is actually how it works. And if you spend like 250, they'll actually show you a
1: a kit where you can actually do it yourself. Well, that's cool. Yeah so remember that um idea that i'd had about a kickstarter for uh, for series that had died like sg1 or something no um sgu like yeah, basically start it, the universe for- so, so I, I, the idea was saying these shows already have like 10 million people watching them but the networks don't think it's enough you know they want they want 20 million or whatever it is right right, right. you know why don't you just do kickstarters for those and like raise a couple of million per se- per series well um Someone hasn't done that, but on Kickstarter, Zach Braff—he's a—he's a director who did yeah. Garden State. He put—he's just doing his his next film, and raised two million within two days. Yeah, I, I really think that that's a go with that idea. Someone yeah, should do that.
0: That's it, it, interesting. You know, uh, there was some pushback on that. I guess I, w- I was reading about where. Because he's obviously a multi-multi millionaire, right? Right. He's made a lot of money, so it's like he wants everybody else put money. Are you putting? Is like, is he putting any money himself into it? <laughs> right. You got millions. Like, can you even put like that's like okay, fine.
1: But it's not easy to put. I mean, if, I mean, what? So you're saying he could just put the two million in himself? Why bother? Or maybe put half of it. Put a million up.
0: Put a half a million on it. Put some of your own money behind it.
1: Right. So so that's what you want in his Kickstarter appeal to say, I'm putting 500,000 up front.
0: I'm putting my own, I'm putting some money where my mouth is. Like I'm, I'm not just going to spend my time and creative energy on this thing. I'm going to put some of my own money, but I need, you know, 3 million or whatever it is to make this thing a reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think anyway, there was just some pushback Uh, um, on that. People were like, you're pushing all the risk onto people who generally speaking, don't have, you know, millions of dollars. Yeah. So if they put 200 or 500 or whatever, $1,000 in this thing, you know, I mean, obviously you don't have to put that much
1: into it, but that's real money. So it's like asking them, asking some of these, you know, Kickstarter millionaire- is like, cr- I mean, like uh, Doug Martin, who's a listener to the show and also who responded to my um, call out for any, uh, for Digidu for people to work on Digidoo. Doug Martin was um, actually, he's, he's into some really good stuff, by the way, himself, but his brother's got a Kickstarter campaign where they make, um, they basically make, you know Dungeons & Dragons? I, I played it when right. I was a kid. Right? So they're, they're making like 3D walls that so you can build your own dungeon. Like So basically it's like, it's, it's a 3D map, but it's just like game pieces. So mm-hmm. there's a floor, there's a wall, there's a thing. And they you buy sets of like 30 pieces and then mm-hmm. you, so you can build your own Dungeons & Dragons set and it becomes 3D rather than just on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Like they were looking for 150,000 they're now like 1.1 million they've raised.
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, well, Kickstarter (laughs) is just amazing for that. You know, it's like you, you really talk about customer validation. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. There is a demand for this thing. (laughs) If you can articulate your vision, you have a compelling idea, compelling concept, whether it's a movie or a product or whatever. I mean, and
1: and Doug, uh, sorry. uh, Yeah. Doug did a great um, thing for his brother, basically a map maker, like a, I don't know what tech he used to do this. I'm guessing it's either Flash or, or HTML5 or something like that, but uh, where you so you go to the website, which is dwarvenforge.com/slash-mapmaker, uh-huh. and then you can basically make the uh, make the map virtually your Dungeons and Dragon map, like right. drag and drop these pieces. It's very all very nice. That's cool. So it's going to be yeah.
0: making a physical product. Yeah. You know. Now, so this is how much has uh, he raised?
1: Uh, I think it's like it's it, definitely over a million at this stage. But th- this this is not Doug Martin's. No, it's his brothers. It's his brothers. Yeah, $3 to million dollars. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
0: Does Doug have any direct involvement, or is it just? Uh, well, he's he's made related? the map
1: maker. He's made that map maker, which was a way for people to. Uh, okay. Look, we did it. One million. <laughs> That's impressive. It's amazing, huh?
0: Yeah, I loved Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid. I mean, I played it when I was like eleven or twelve. For a while, I mean, I was I, one of the guys, one of my friends, older brothers, who was really smart and creative guy. He was like this awesome dungeon master and dwarven yeah. for, uh, no, I, I loved it as well. Did Look, you play see, it when you were kid?
1: See these little game tasks? Look. Yeah. See,
0: I never did the physical thing. I never did the figurines or anything. It was all just, you know, right. Make in make believe. Right. I mean, it was all just uh, imagined. Right. You, you know, don't than-
1: associate uh, an like an athlete with Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Yeah. I had, um, <laughs> I've lived multiple lives. I had, um, I had. I always had to have um, what they call fractured relationships, I think is the the anthropological, sociological term. So, like, I would have my friends that I would play Dungeons & Dragons with in war games, in chess, stuff like that. So, And then I'd have my group of friends that I, my athletic friends I'd play sports with. And then I had my social friends, you know, with the girls and all that kind of stuff. So, it's like a certain group's like, these guys, not... You're going to be really Do you good. You try and mix them together in one Yeah, politics? not on uh, Saturday night at the football game, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if I started talking about Chester Duns's Dragons with the sports guys and the social guys they'd be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, but Yeah, so I always I've I've but you know, that even changed when I was later, even as a um, later in life and in college, like I I was never a joiner, right. but I had friends at every you know, I was in the ma- I was in the math department, right? I was a math major, right? So I was friends Mark with. But strikes
1: me as someone who would be into a few different things. Yeah,
0: no, but the fish. fish yeah, the So yeah. so I had I had my I had the 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 you know what you might call the geek friends now, right? Yeah, you know the people I study math and physics with, and then you know I played a couple different sports. So I was friends with all the guys in the soccer and and uh, and uh, track team. But because I lifted weights for track, like I was friends with all the wrestlers and football players, (laughs) you know, and baseball players. And then because I would go to the, I was social, I was friends with the people at the party. So I kind of like knew everybody, but I wasn't a part of any one thing. I wasn't like, I wasn't part of a fraternity. I wasn't part of a group. I was like. So you were
1: basically Van Wilder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> do you see that movie? yeah hey, i don't i don't think my life was quite that fun <laughs> but yeah in the sense that yeah that i was friends with a lot of different people and then i wasn't part of any one thing yeah, right i guess that would that would uh van water but i, I got out in four years though <laughs> like van water was there for like yeah. what eight or ten
1: years yeah but you know. um what would would We're done 50 minutes.
0: Wow, that goes fast. So we were just talking, so we were in line registering. What time do we need to be down for the... It starts starts now, but it'll go for a while, so
1: we don't have to... Let's just talk
0: for just a few more minutes. Yeah.
1: So um, we were talking with Glenn. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let me me tell the story. So Jason and me are talking, and we're just talking to each other like we normally do. And someone turns around and said... am I hearing a podcast in my head? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he said? Is that what the- well, that, that, said that's it? kind of the, the way that it was intimated, but um, yeah, that was Glenn. Um, Glenn's from Auckland. Yeah. So, so we
0: were re- We were in the, in the hotel registration line. Yeah.
1: here at Tropicana.
0: So um, I don't know how we started talking about this, but Oh, we're talking about the length of the podcast. It's like, it would be fun to do like a, a podcast marathon. Like what's yeah. a channel, like a filibuster. Like how long could we do a podcast?
1: In other words, how long could Jason talk for? Like, could it be,
0: could it be an entire 24 hours? Well, cause you're usually like, you start pointing at your watch at like a minute 15, I mean an hour 15, hour 20, you're like, we got to wrap this up, wrap it up. And I usually feel like I'm just getting
1: warmed up. Well, you know, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but it's just, I've got other shit to do, right? <laughs> I got like, you know, code to write and things to do. So uh, wife, that's the only reason a why. A yeah, uh, well, tend to.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it would be interesting though, if there was ever kind of a time when um, we had kind of like a free day. So you want you want to go we, for the, a world record, a podcasting? I Not world record? a world record, but like twenty-four hours. I think like just we get all our, get all the food rations. No, <laughs> I think we should. I, I actually
1: think we should go for a podcasting world record. Here's here's how I think we should do it. Is
0: there is we, there a record?
1: I don't know, but let's say there is. We, we should we, we should it. basically invite texting listeners, and we'll do like a vigil, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> and we will talk. <laughs> for as long as it takes well you, know what you to, could, have to break the world record and,
0: and but we'll have our supporters you know what we could do yeah we could do it live we could chat system we could do it live live and and, and they could be talking at, to us at some to either to some level or they could be asking questions right so we could be going st- going through I could I could line up like 50 topics right <laughs> and then people would be on the chat they'd be like hey Jason or hey Justin what about XY Z? you never finished this story or whatever right. happened to so and so or what do you think about this or you know and then that would just give us extra material. To yeah. go on.
1: Well, I mean I'm I'm pretty sure we could we could do it, whatever that record is. Let's see. Longest <laughs> podcast in the world. Longest
0: podcast. i bet you I don't I've never
1: heard of that, but well, you know, I me mean, that doesn't mean anything. Of that. Wouldn't Just it be good, it be it good, good it. to go to go into the Guinness Book of Records for something so noble and meaningful, <laughs> so <laughs> stupid? <laughs> yeah. What uh what what are you known for? Well, I did the longest podcast ever. Well, that was well. Someone's asked the question on Yahoo Questions: What is the longest podcast ever recorded? So someone has an answer. Big O and the Dukes, the Junkies, and Mike O'Mara show did a twelve to sixteen hour on air show um, one time. They sent it. They sent it as a podcast. Oh, we Jeez. could do that. Yeah, we could do that. And they, and they weren't even doing it as a podcast.
0: Oh, was it a real podcast?
1: Basically, they did a twelve hour on air show one time. Sounds like they they have something else that they do. Big O and the Jukes. Right, yeah, we
0: could start you could start at like eight in the morning.
1: Let's see who big O and the Jukes are.
0: And go until like midnight, do like a <laughs> sixteen hours.
1: <laughs> you could do that. Yeah.
0: So I got a couple of things here. I wanna oh. I wanna ask you something real quick. Um Is it a, is it what
1: kind of question? Well, not really questions a topic. All right, go on then.
0: So yeah, you know we've been following this soylent storyline oh yeah go on yeah have you do you read there's a there's, a, there's an update called soylent month three Did month three see? and I,
1: I well actually what was interesting was the hacker the hacker news comments like so many people are really anti this really there's a lot of people who are like this is basically bs this is thro- what do you really mean things. bs and they think it's they think it's unhealthy they, they, they think it's just it's everything dirty. about it they're like look this is already done because like for example they say you know there's there's coma patients or pe- there's other people who aren't very well who you know paraplegics or whatever like there's there's companies out there already making this stuff you know examining all the nutrients so there's a lot of different uh brands that already sell something that you can live on you know really so it's so it's not exactly cutting edge i mean it's been done okay so he's um, just kind of repeating the experiment for exactly himself. well that's that's what that's what they're saying that's what they're saying right that's what that's the, not crowd, that's what what the I, crowd says. That's what the crowd. That's not exactly what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what. And they, the crowd
0: is not always right. Right. It's, um, it's a it's a logical fallacy called the, appeal to. Uh, <laughs> it's not appeal to authority.
1: It's appeal to the I don't appeal to the masses. But the, the other lo- thing is, like, they someone was saying, you know, after three weeks, it, it, someone was kind of incredulously saying, after three weeks, he realized that he'd missed out a major component that made his bones hurt. You know, like, sulfur. Like that's like, how seriously can you take this? You know.
0: Well, just because he makes a mistake and then re- remedies it. Why does that, why does that... De- hey, de- de- hey, de- don't shoot de- me. De- it- I'm just a messenger. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. So <laughs> anyway, I was thinking like, if there was something like that, I could do it for half my meals. You could? I could, I think, because there's like, you know... Well, you already <sighs> ate power though. Okay, Box. so, well, no, okay. So half my breakfasts that I have each week, I'd say half of them, I'm kind of like, I'm just eating to eat. Like, I'm just like, uh I, I would just rather just soon drink a shake if it would fill me up and it was available, right? Half the time when I go out to lunch, like I really have a taste for something I want to go out to lunch. Sometimes it's like, I would just want to just not be hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to, and, and, and it's the same for, for dinner. So there are nights of the week where Sandy has a meeting and I I kind of have to fend for myself. Sandy likes to cook. So when she cooks, that's fine. But there's half the time where it's like, she, you know, she'll have a meeting or something and she's like, well, you can have soup or you can do whatever. So it'd be great if I just had something that was healthy and also it helped me lose weight, right? So it's kind of like, because he's talking about how much weight he lost and everything. So if you were doing at least half your meals that way, that would still have a substantial impact. But it's not like, oh, I'm, I spend my whole life eating this weird, you know, f- you know um, liquid concoction. It's just like, well, you know, and it's not like every lunch or every breakfast, it's like half the time.
1: But also you wouldn't know what the long-term effects were.
0: Well, who cares? As long as it mostly would well, work well, out you
1: okay. You care what the long-term effects are.
0: No, but I mean, if you're having half, if you're eating half your meals anyway that are normal, it yeah. probably wouldn't have that make much of an impact, even if it was somewhat deficient. Yeah. Right. If you're like, well, because you think of like half your meals anyway are kind of like throwaway meals, like oh, I had a, I had like a turkey sandwich, like or I had, I mean, not that that's bad, or I had, or I went out and I had a hamburger and fries, or I had, you know, it's like or I had some cornflakes. Like it's not like that's like amazingly nutritious meal if you got rid of half of those.
1: It has to be possible to create something that deal, that covers you know, 90% of your requirements. Or
0: even 100%.
1: You think 100%?
0: Sure, I think so. I mean, I don't know if this guy's particular form, formulation is, yeah. is there. And, and, and just because he takes it and it works for him doesn't prove that it is anywhere near optimal or sufficient for long-term health. But it is an interesting test. I mean, I remember my buddy Mitch... And uh, my buddies, Mitch and Phil, for a while were drinking these Ensure shakes, you know, yeah. like, oh, that elderly people would take for That's exactly what
1: they said on the on the Insure. thread. Ensure. Ensure was one of them, yeah.
0: Yeah. And they would just like, you know, I, well, Mitchell, my buddy Mitchell's just kind of a, a fitness nut, yeah. right? And uh, at, at that point, I think Phil was, was kind of on a, like a fitness. Um, he was really pushing hard to, to lose weight and get in better shape. And so he was kind of with along with Mitchell like drinking some of these shakes, these meal, we'll call meal replacement drinks. Yeah. Yeah, so Insure but um I I'd, I'd be interested to find out like what what the formulation of is of Insure is compared to like kind of what he's trying to do.
1: Well, he wants to as you probably know from reading the post, he wants to start a Kickstarter project and by by all measures I bet it's going to do pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean,
1: I would definitely if it just as, to try it out. As long
0: as it tasted decent yeah if it tastes anything like those protein shakes i used to take i used to take those sometimes when i was like you know in my early 20s and i would lift weights all the time i liked them yeah you which was just like you get a chocolate shake yeah it's like i get it. the problem was you always had to turn use the blender and it was a big pain in the ass because it would make because you want to do it at night yeah. you don't have like your because you'd be like all right my fourth meal a day is a i need a small dinner and i have a protein shake at like 10 o'clock at night and he's like what you know, it makes all this noise and awakes everybody up, and and then you have to clean the blender, which is a big pain in the butt. And the stuff you can't let it sit overnight because all the particles and stuff kind of falls yeah, down. Separates out, yeah. Separates, so it kind of sucks. Um, but those were good. I mean, those were like those were like so tasty
1: that you look forward to them. Well, now you just get like muscle milk or whatever.
0: Yeah, but see, I don't think any of those things are like near well nutritionally well-rounded you know i think those have a lot of protein and have some other things that are supposed to be good but they also have a lot of sugar too
1: so i don't know did you read the story about the guy who was um sent to prison for 45 years for uh, for being kingpin kingpin in a cocaine ring and um when he was in prison he basically uh studied and got uh, a couple of degrees and now he's out He's, he's just been so excited about what the internet's about and he's, he's finally uh, out. Did you see about that? I thought you were going
0: to bring up the one I heard on NPR the other day when I was driving uh, to lunch and he was talking about how this guy in a Baltimore prison had... Um, oh, copy preg- the key. Impregn- ...impregnated four of the female guards. What the... Yeah, like he was ru- essentially running his um, his illegal operations from within the prison. Yeah. He could do whatever. They brought in cell phones, snuck in cell phones and drugs and all that sort of, kind Holy of stuff. crap. And he had um, a number of the... I think, I think it was a lot. It was like 11 or 12 of the female guards kind of, um, he had, they were on the payroll. They were kind of allowing him to do what he wants And four of them. And he was having, you know, sexual relationships with a number of them. Four of them had literally
1: impregnated. Bloody hell. Okay. That is, that is pretty. So that's outrageous. not the story you're talking about. <laughs> no, no. But the, you remind me of another story where when uh, it was, I can't remember. I think it was an Australian prison. When you get to the prison, you get given a handbook and on, <laughs> and on the handbook, there's a picture of, there's a picture of the master key. Right, uh, basically, right, yeah. and so some, some like two guys. Uh, one of them was a jeweler, and the other one, and they just worked away and created this master key over time, and finally made a key and just let themselves out. Oh, that is yeah. awesome. Did they yeah. escape for all good they escaped for They escaped for like a week, <laughs> then they got a caught, week yeah. furlough yeah. and they go back in jail <laughs> yeah. for like ten years. Yeah. and end to the sentence. No, no, but this 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 other guy. Um, I oh, wish I could remember his name, but anyway, it's just just interesting hearing his perspective about you know getting out and uh, seeing the internet. Like it's just way more than he could have imagined. Like he knew about the internet and he had a pretty good idea about it, but what it's like social media and what that means is just, you know, the idea of talking it with 140 characters is like mind blowing to him, you know, because right. he hasn't even used com- computers. Like he, he had no access to that. Right. He, um, I think that he, he did try and design a website, you know, a few, uh, like five years ago mm-hmm. just by drawing it on paper and then, Mailing it to his wife. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: that's interesting. I, I should find out more about that. It was an interesting story, so um, sorry for being so vague about it. Then well, maybe next year i will have a bit more.
0: Speaking of the future, um, I you know I took Colby to see uh, Oblivion yesterday. Oh yeah, any good? I liked it. I did. I. I, I Are you I, having I, that? What? what this? You can have the water. Yeah. Okay. Did you? Did you? No, you okay, can no, have it. Thanks. Um, yeah, it was. I um, I would. I would, get, I would say it was good. I mean, I think it was kind of. Um, I think I actually liked it better than Looper. Who's, who's in Oblivion? Tom Cruise is. It? Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I know it was. It was. I thought. I remember how we talked about Prometheus. By the way, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, so you don't have to worry about it if you're listening, thinking I'm going to give something away. Um, I just just want to give overall that I think that it was it was worth watching.
1: Would you be able to pick it apart the same way we picked apart Prometheus?
0: No, Prometheus just le- you know left its ass hanging in the air. Yeah. I mean, it was just like so. What well, ass hanging in the wind? I guess is the term. I mean, it was just right. so much stuff was didn't make any sense. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, all sci-fi has a lo- certain level of ridiculousness. It's just because there's just. They, they, they. In order to make a story, they have to kind of make assumptions about things, or make we have to kind of agree to suspend, suspend disbelief about some things. But sometimes the storyline just doesn't make any sense, and the characters do things that don't make sense, and it's just that's when it just gets irritating. I still liked watching Prometheus anyway. I was yeah. willing to say screw it. I'm just kind of along for the ride, you know. Um, but. Uh, oblivion was um was pretty cool i was disappointed because like i asked you to go along but you were like busy pushing out you code.
1: like uh, like yeah and last if, 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 same last weekend as well but i just we've had to push so much stuff out with did you do that i haven't been able to do that i would have loved to
0: yeah well it's cool it's, it's cool See, colby's now old enough that i can take him to these kind of movies that i want to see yeah so I, I asked sandy like last week i'm like so you want to see oblivion she's like uh, not really. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I'll so, take you're Colby. saying Colby is old enough now? Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, oh, I'll take Colby and Justin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. You know, it's like, let's go see the latest sci fi thing. Colby's like, because I asked him, I said, do you want to see a movie He's like, yeah, let's go see Skyrim. But I'm like, I, I had heard of that. And I guess it's another big sci fi thing that's coming out. Um, but that doesn't come out until July. It's bit by, uh, uh, uh was that guy, Del Toro? Hmm. Um, who did what, Labyrinth or something? He's like a. I guess he's a he's a really good director and he wrote it and it's sort of like these like we it's somehow like these crevices in the Earth's crust of the ocean get split apart so these giant kind of Godzilla like creatures come out and then we have to create these mechanized giant robots to fight them. I mean, obviously we've seen this story before in different variations, <laughs> yeah. But I'm up for it. <laughs> I'll go see it with Colby. You know, whatever you whatever. Yeah. No, it sounds good. I wish I could have seen it. <laughs> so, but that's not until um, July. So we can we can see them. What's July.
1: that on the cover of your iPad right there.
0: Oh, so this is. Uh, I think this is Kobe's. Um, this might have been one of Colby's, uh, uh cars that he built. Lego cars he built. Oh, nice. Or something Similar. See, Colby, Um, he always goes to my the iPad or my machines and he puts on the screensavers for me. Like, mm-hmm. like he set he put the screensaver iPad and he set the um my uh, my ringtone to the sci-fi oh yeah you know sound effect it sounds like a like a 50s science fiction thing (laughs) yeah
1: there's there's a recording of it in the last episode yeah he likes to mess with things like that
0: so why don't we take a brief break now sure we take a slack because we can go finish up the second half of the show tomorrow well second half i mean we've done done an hour yeah come on (laughs) all right fair enough you gotta do more than that so and you you gotta find a cord you can't leave this to to, to edit till next week we gotta get this out
1: i'll try come on i'll try and find the cord so I just need a USB, like a, it needs a small USB look like this. And what does the other side need to be? USB. It's like a mini USB. A mini USB, 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 USB to a large USB, yeah. Well, let's ask around. Okay. Someone's got to have one. All right. All right, let's... Um, this is not a wrap. This is a halfway edit point. <laughs> Intermission. <And> we'll we'll <laughs> see you in an, uh, one second. <laughs> so, it is tomorrow, and that was only one second for you, but uh, for us it's been a whole day, and it's the end of the first day at MicroConf. I'm heading off tonight, but uh, Jason's going to stay on for tomorrow. But we have had a pretty good day, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's not just a full like, day. I mean, it's a 24-hour. 24, 24 hours have elapsed, right? So yeah. it's like almost exactly. Yeah, it was almost exactly 24 hours,
1: right? We've had a, we've had a lot of good conversations with people, oh, haven't
0: we, yeah, since then? I'm exhausted. Holy crap. Well, so like last night we were up till you we were out eating until no. after midnight, right? Oh, I
1: mean, you, like, you had the worst steak that I've ever seen
0: oh my god it was the, it was the nightmare <laughs> well you know the 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 tragic part is that so there's three there's like three restaurants in the Tropicana yeah and they aside from the food court which I once said was a nightmare so the one that we chose called the beach cafe was recommended because a couple of people said oh we ate there earlier it's fine yeah and I ordered a I ordered a steak um because nothing else really looked that interesting and it was like a worst kind of diner
1: steak, you know, this crappy,
0: low, I mean, like it barely even... But it been.
1: actually had a ring, of, a ring of fat in the middle of it, like... And then the outside was like really overcooked. Yeah, it was, God. It was,
0: you even looked at it and you're like, that looks like an awful steak. That looks <laughs> it terrible. Looks disgusting. And i like, dude, it tastes worse than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely eat it. I only ate like half of it. And uh, it turns out that one of those other two restaurants, the, the one we're going to tonight, is, I think it was rated like the best steakhouse of the strip.
1: No way. I uh, will go, we're going there tonight well, so I'm that's not gonna
0: stake two nights in a row oh it's gonna be
1: hard right well but you need to recover from last night which was horrific.
0: oh my god so anyway we were up till after midnight talking with uh, Ruben from uh Bid Sketch. yeah and um uh, uh, Gabriel I what's Gabriel's last name I, I don't have it from the time add just add content what what is it just add just add content.com. just add contact yeah
1: content.com, which is pretty cool what was it do? it allows you it allows basically you to like a website. What, what he's, what he's doing is he's, he's creating a tool that's based on WordPress that allows people to create, that allows a business to just create a website very quickly. Mm-hmm. So they just go to just They register and they select from a template and boom, they've got a really nice templated WordPress website. and Then they can put the information in. Now let's just talk about Gabriel a little bit. Uh, I, I don't have a surname to hand, but we'll put it in the show notes. But, um, Actually, we've been getting a lot of texting love in this whole conference so far today. We've mentioned quite a few times in the talks, which is really nice. And obviously, like always, a lot of people have come up to us and said hi. Um, but Gabriel's story was really... I mean, I just feel really moved by that by his story. Um, so he is in the army in the marines. He's in the marines, not the army. Yeah, okay. So, big okay. Difference. Oh, there's a difference. <laughs> there's a big right. difference. So I mean he's
0: We were we, we, we were explaining why what was I mean, last
1: night. He's just cool he's anyway. I mean he's
0: a captain yeah. in the Marine Corps. And, and, and his, his wife, wife is a captain and she flies F18s. Right. So she's she, one of 10 female F18 pilots. And
1: we we're, we're meeting her tonight apparently. So so um they cool. they're going they're going to they're gonna have dinner with us at the Texing dinner. But um when he he was deployed to Afghanistan for a year, you know, and he's just back a few months. So the reason why I moved is because he discovered Texing just before he went to Afghanistan. And um when he was out there deployed for a year, he had just they just had no TV, they had nothing. But no he, internet. They they had no internet connection. Very or limited. Or but yeah. he loved texting, and he downloaded all 230 episodes. And basically, he would listen to texting when he would come off missions to just like you know bring it back to the real world to decompress. Yeah. So he's been listening to us for a year that in that way, and he's just actually finished, just caught up with us in in like Afghanistan in that kind of place. So <laughs>
0: like his tech lifeline <laughs> in Afghanistan. That's
1: so weird. I mean, that's you know that's one of the nicest texting stories we've had in terms of.
0: Yeah, nice well, he's super nice. His name actually, his last name is Maze.
1: Oh, okay, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Maze, Maze. Maze,
0: Yeah, yeah, super nice guy. And uh, so he built this whole thing, kind of sitting in the dark in Afghanistan with no connection to the real world, no real input or feedback. Or but he's not gun- a coder.
1: Which this is the other other interesting thing. Like he's not a coder, but what he's done is he's got WordPress and he's hacked WordPress. You know, he's, he's learned been, enough PHP to. to well, do um, he's actually. I don't think he's learned PHP from from my understanding. He's learned how to hack WordPress. So with WordPress, the, it, WordPress uses lots of configuration arrays. Okay. So basically you can kind of switch up the configuration arrays to make this page appear, that page appear. So he's taken it as as far as he can in terms of just hacking that. And it's, so he said it's taken him a whole year. Right. So, but I, I think that that shows determination to listen to us, to be in Afghanistan, to listen to us and to hack WordPress into a bootstrap startup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that doesn't show
0: commitment. I don't know what that is. Yeah uh so well that's good so we have the big
1: uh texing
0: dinner tonight right well in 45 minutes yeah so we're gonna go down to the restaurant and hopefully meet up with some of. The-
1: yeah i don't know i mean we didn't do the whole thing of going around and, and inviting people this year but there there is a there's a crowdvine website which andrea posted um the link about texting dinner on How, who so,
0: knows to even look there
1: um well it's it's every, everyone in the conference apart from us because you know the way we're not joiners
0: we're not. I'm not a joiner. Have I infected you? You're a joiner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay, maybe. Anyway, that, that's a, that's another issue. Uh, the thing is that uh, CrowdVine is the way that people are communicating through the conference. So it, it's like a little social network.
0: Okay, so then yeah. we'll get some of the people. Yeah. I, I I told um, Aaron
1: uh, Francis, who uh, I've been talking to
0: during last day or so, who's also a listener.
1: But he, I don't think he posted the update to say that the dinner was at eight. Seven. So, at seven. So. We make a second wave coming in at eight. That's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, so um, we, we were mentioned quite a few times, um, which is great. Lux Surface Area was mentioned.
0: Yeah. yeah well, Lux Surface was mentioned. The interview with, um, uh, well, when Rob did his big talk on Hittail, he said, well, if you really want the full blow by blow breakdown of the acquisition, everything, just listen to the, yeah. our interview with him. Then uh, um, uh, uh, I'm blanking on. Rob's wife, um, Sherry, was Mentioned her the talk. wives episode. She mentioned the wives episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess Rita so Rob mentioned the the Luxurface area. Of course, talking about drip, which I came up with the name for drip and guess. So, it. so we, there's a couple yeah. other things. I think it was mentioned two other times. It was just funny. We got kind of our footprints were all over the place. Right. It
1: was kind of funny. And um, another thing is Erica Douglas, who's mentioned a lot and who's a talker here, who's a speaker here. Um, she came up to me, and uh, you didn't you didn't hear this, but she said, you know that that interview that i did with you guys like changed my career path really like, i completely stopped doing seo after that interview because of all the negative feedback that we got from it mm. and she said i was just like what am i doing i'm just i shouldn't be doing this so she got out of that and she uh, just did does seo monitoring software and now she's moving into a new business
0: yeah well that's so when i talked to i had a conversation with rob a week or two ago yeah and he said that erica was going to be a um a speaker, And I was like, I was like, really? I said, you know, I remember that Justin had signed for a service and I found out that because right after you did the interview with her, you signed up for her service because mm-hmm. you to help you grow traffic for Plugio and it looked like it was going to be kind of spammy. And I looked at it and I was like, dude, I wouldn't do that. And you were you were kind of on the verge, like, should I do this or not? And I was like, I wouldn't do it. And then you also you so you were you listening to me and then you asked another friend of yours who was in England or something, yeah. and we both were like, I would not don't do it.
1: But the We'd only thing the yet. only thing is that's not great is that um so I did sign up to the service and it was obviously spammy, right? Because it was like posting on, you know, forums or whatever. But it was five hundred bucks. Right, right. And uh Never got the, you know, I said, oh, well, could I get a refund? She's like, no. <laughs> so that, that's the only, you know, that's my only. Uh, Your only beef? You have yeah. an
0: outstanding beef? Yeah. I think. Did you yeah. get a partial
1: refund? No, I don't think so. I thought you got a partial Did refund. I? I think you got a partial refund. Oh, maybe, well, maybe I'm doing a disservice then. I don't know.
0: Whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was a long time ago. Yeah. and Oh,
1: uh, no, it's okay. So it's good. So it's, it's all good. Anyway, she, I'm glad that she came up and she told me that.
0: that. Her trajectory of her career has yeah. changed yeah. because
1: yeah. of. Texting it really changed. It really changed what she was doing. So that, that negative feedback affected her. Which
0: you is know, great. so so one of the things that is fun for me when we come here is, is talking to, uh, to real people who listen to the show, right? And because you know, we get, sometimes it's hard to get a sense of like whether you're impacting anything, you know, or whether we're impacting anything by doing the show. I mean, you know, we we spend a lot of time recording the show and show notes and editing and stuff like that. I mean, it's not a lot of time if you did it like once in a while, but when you do it every week or every, it just, it's a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but when you actually go and you meet real people and they say, Hey, you know, you, this, this, your show is, has helped me a lot. Or, you know, you know, like whether it's Gabriel or, you know, all these other people or Eric, you know, Erica says it changed her trajectory. I mean, yeah, we've, we've impacted a lot of things, a lot of people mm-hmm. it's true, in positive ways. I hope, hope, not in negative ways. I haven't heard anyone come up to us and say, hey, because of your podcast, I lost my business. (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) Thanks. Got any other good ideas? But uh, anyway, uh, so that, it's a, it makes it, it's fun to meet people in person, get to know them. But it's also nice to hear that, like what we're doing actually is worth doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, because we don't make any money off of it. It doesn't directly impact our, uh, you know, our, our businesses or our careers, really. I mean, there's some tangential things here and there,
1: you know, but, uh, yeah. Well, I think it may start it like, just in the same way that it helped me with blog.io. I think that it could help you with some of your businesses now, you know, some of the stuff that you're about to roll out.
0: I don't know. Cause we're just talking, I mean, we just, just well, you talk, know the
1: information now, but you know it because of everything we've learned on the show. Yeah. All the people we've interviewed and stuff. Yeah. And to all the talks like today, I mean, the talk by Jason Cohen, I knew I mean, all that, though. No, I know, but it's just it's just consolidating the information, and we learned that all during our texting journey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't know that before we did texting. You didn't know that landing pages should have, you know, these big words here and these small words here and say these kind of – I mean, that's it's all, like, minute detail that makes a big difference, you know? Mm-hmm. And these, these guys have, have tested it out, and we're going to leverage some of that knowledge. So at least in that way, it's helped.
0: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I was just going to say that, like
1: <laughs> – Having, it's ha- so regret- it's so difficult to get Jason to think, yeah, it's helped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just
0: trying to be honest. You know, I just don't like, you know. Uh, I don't know. I just want to agree to something that I don't really necessarily okay. think yeah. is true. But uh, you know, Jason Cohen during his talk this morning was explaining how when he launched WP Engine, you know, all of his all of his readership on a smart bear uh, blog could resulted in two signups right right <laughs> and he talked to heaton shaw you know who's he's a huge twitter following huge uh blog readership and and he's like yeah it doesn't work at all like don't forget it doesn't work because you know i guess for all the stuff that heaton has done the, the, the social that that kind of social media like just telling so, people read your twitter feed or read your blog hey i'm watching a new service it just doesn't really
1: impact okay so you're it. thinking of it in terms of the audience helping us i'm, I'm thinking of in terms of the people that we've networked with and the knowledge that we've gained
0: yeah well when you when you said i think this i think the podcast is going to help you with these products you're releasing and stuff i i thought you might mention that somehow like a bunch of our listeners are suddenly no gonna no, sign no, up no 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 no, sorry, like, no. Sorry, i don't you know i'm not
1: that no, I'm, <laughs> skeptical I because back. as as we're marketing it because i want to help you market it i'm going to be emailing some of these people and saying what do you, you know what do you think about this mm. idea that we have you know and get that information back but yeah anyway so um well, one, yeah, we, you know, actually little things happen, you know, the whole
0: connection things, you know, like, you know, joke that I connect everybody with everybody? Right. With. Yeah. So my buddy, Mark, is has this little titanium mobile app mm-hmm. that he's trying to build. And uh, he tried to outsource it. He tried to use freelancer. Remember how I had recommended trying freelancer because I had such good luck. Yeah. With Nick, the sysadmin. man. Yeah. Who continues to be a great resource for me. He continues to help me solve things and it cost me like 20 bucks for like an hour of work or whatever or sometimes didn't I, even I was, me was talking it was so-
1: to rob about that you lucked out man you lucked out that your first time using freelancer you got a great guy i mean it's different it's not as easy as it sounds
0: yeah yeah so i was just lucky because mark went and he did the whole thing he contacted a bunch of different yeah. people to build titanium stuff and a lot of people didn't get back to him and the people did just didn't know anything and then one guy finally did started doing stuff and then just would not So and wouldn't get back for a few days remember that's what it.
1: happened to me like two years ago about Plugio. like i did like extensive trying to get you know trying to hire people through elance and odesk and stuff
0: yeah so he just uh, mark just just the throat of his hands he's just like i don't care i'll just pay people whatever it takes i just need yeah. to get this thing done yeah because it's just dragging on and um so i talked to uh francis who um am aaron less than his friend, aaron francis aaron who's a listener and here at the conference um he's a titanium developer consultant yeah That's what he does full-time is just he did he worked he develops a lot of, he has a lot of enterprise clients that he builds mobile apps for using titanium and he also knows PHP MySQL which is what he uses for backend stuff which is exactly what Mark wants to use and I'm like Aaron <laughs> you need to can you help my buddy Mark out and he's like absolutely so I I kind of excused your email so it's like their problems going to be solved you know or Mark's problem going to be solved and hopefully it will work out for a- Aaron you
1: know he showed me something good that that he does for his day job that he's done in some of his consulting work that really that gives me an idea like that is a good idea. And um, I want to use it for Digidoo. Basically, sales guys are out on the road and they're trying to demo this stuff, right? They're trying to demo it on the iPad. like So they ha- they have the full product, like Digidoo has the full product mm-hmm. with this whole back end. You need Node running, you need all this stuff. But these guys are often in a situation where there's like no bandwidth, there's nothing to do. So they just fake the whole thing. Yeah, They just create an entire fake of the product. Yeah. That would be excellent for Digidoo. You just basically fake it. And then in the product, you can type in the name of the school or whatever, and it just is such a great salesperson, too. Why are, you, why are you smiling?
0: I guess it reminds me of my very... I think it was the very first demo that we did
1: for my first company.
0: My buddy Phil and I, when yeah. I mean, he listens, he's going to be laughing. So we were, we were out building our product in Pasadena. And our backers, our, the, the company that backed us was, was in Chicago. And we flew back to give them a demo. And it was like 10 people in a room. And it was actually... Um, Some people, uh, it it might have been our first demo beyond just like the backer himself. Yeah. And it was like some representatives from this publishing company that were going to potentially work with this and move content onto our system. It's like 10 people. And we were, we were, we had, this is 1995, six. Yeah. We had built um, hyperlinking into like a a rich text kind of edit window because like there was, there was no real, it wasn't like there were web views. Yeah, yeah, The closest thing you had was like a help system. You're right. But we didn't actually have a control like this. This is a Windows 32 app, right? And so we were trying to build that with just like an on-click event. Like it would kind of look for something, like an underlying text. Yeah. Try and work out like what that thing was. We're kind of trying to build hyperlinked functionality before there was hyperlinked functionality. But it didn't work. Yet. <laughs> so, so Phil got out there and he's like, oh, so you click on this word here, click, and then it goes to this page explaining it. But, it, but the reality is whatever you clicked was going to bring up the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So he totally was smoking. It's just his. one button that goes yeah. to a page. <laughs> it's like no matter what That's word also- you clicked,
0: it was going to bring up this explanation. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs> we were trying to get it ready, but I think we fell through like, we fell short of like, you know, whatever, a day of work or whatever. Yeah. He just like, I'm just going to fake it. And he faked it. And I think it was like one or two other things. It well, was sometimes hilarious. you have
1: to do that, man. It was smoke that's, that's, and mirrors. Yeah.
0: Nobody noticed. It was so funny. <laughs> you just sit there crossed your fingers, like, I hope we pull this thing off. I you know, I don't even remember. I don't try to figure out how aware of it I was. Like I think he might have – because he was trying to fix it and he just said, Yeah, I just I just clicked it. Anything was gonna do it. And I was like, Okay, fine. That was yeah. really funny. But um Yeah, so uh, But yeah, you yeah, getting well yeah, you, n- you need a way to demo stuff without having a full installation absolutely
1: so I can't remember once again his surname but Cameron who um Cameron? We saw yeah Cameron he's he's a guy who we saw here last year I, I don't know if you remember him, but he had he was a tax specialist he was going to help us with 10.99s for any food. okay yeah I remember that, I do remember that conversation yeah so. so anyway so last last year he was saying uh oh, you know this is i I'm, I'm I'm a tax i'm I'm basically a trained accountant I want to do this I want to build a system that lets people do 1099s yeah so he has, it, what's great, great to see is that he's done that, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, he's built it over the last year, and now they're on like one and a half grand revenue kind of thing. So it's just nice to see progress. actually pr- progress year to year. And as well, Darren, um, who has dealdrop.com, mm-hmm. um, that, that's been growing for him. So, you know, pe- people just chip away at it. I do think that bootstrapping is very low risk in that sense.
0: There's a lot of people who have somewhat successful businesses here i mean they're asking how many people make more than 20 grand a month i mean a lot of people raise their hand how many people make more than 10 grand a month and it
1: wasn't like that first year
0: no a lot more people are sort of in the 20 and over
1: 10 to 20 range yes and we know i mean we we know i don't know if he wants i'm not going to say the name but there's one guy who we've been talking to for a long time um he's 50 grand a month now you know he's doing awesome on the video And and i'll i'll tell you when when uh, so a lot of people have done really, really well. But the irony of it is, is that me, who's been talking about bootstrapping and been going on about how amazing bootstrapping is, is basically in the quintessential enterprise-funded business. So is this, whatever.
0: Okay. Well, it, it, what would be, what would be more ironic was as if you were at with at a funded B two C company that had no revenue, real business model. Oh yeah, that would. <laughs> You know yeah. that would be the that would be the uh, ext- that would be extreme hypocrisy. Okay, <laughs> so you actually got you guys are actually making money. Right, You have revenue. We and yeah. you're not. It's not VC funded in the sense you have an angel funding at right. this point. Mm-hmm. You actually are making money. You actually are making a real product that become, that that schools are actually paying for. Mm-hmm. So it's not this sort of like. Fake. I don't want to call it well, fake, but this sort of, this sort of imaginary uh, miracle machine that happens in Silicon Valley where we, we come up with some vague idea of getting a lot of people interested in something. We have no real way of monetizing. We try and raise a lot of money, get a lot of eyeballs, and then we, and then it's our huge passion, but yet then we just exit it and then we never think about it. And then, and then right, the yeah. company shuts it down right i mean yeah. that's kind of you know that over and over again it's like it seems like such a big ball of like color
1: or something or just such or a group on yeah yeah
0: like i was just read today like mebo has been shut down remember mebo
1: oh but that was huge wasn't it that was
0: like the the next facebook well that was the one everybody chat you could chat on any platform through your web yeah right, right? it all combined it or whatever and um they were bought by google for a hundred million like six months ago or nine months ago and they just shut it down
1: what the hell and what was
0: they, I said? They had raised seventy million total. Why did funding. they do
1: that? I don't that know. is crazy.
0: Well, I don't. I mean, I guess they probably weren't turning, making a huge amount of revenue. If they if they'd raised seventy, and sold for a hundred, then they weren't really all that profitable. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't have much of a real business there. Yeah. Why did why Why did um, Google buy them? A million no, sounds that. a lot for an acqui-hire.
1: right? Yeah. I don't
0: know if it was. It doesn't
1: sound like an acquire to me. I don't really know what that's about. Yeah. So anyway um it's great it's just great i wish i wish that it was more than once a year you know i wish that we could be around these kind of people once a month kind of thing like a meetup yeah monthly you know, meet up. Just a, a monthly meetup meeting people who are just doing it boots on the ground you know making shit happen i love it i really do
0: yeah it's fun I'm ex- i've been exhausted today was rough for me because yeah Again, we were up at eating until after midnight, and by the time, I, and then I got to my hotel, room, I realized I had left my key, my hotel key, oh, no. card thing in the hotel room, so I had to go back to the registration get it and everything. So I didn't get to bed till you know probably one, and uh, then I was waking up throughout the middle of the night thinking that I was going to oversleep because I I didn't set my alarm. Yeah, you know whatever. So anyway, bottom line is I was really tired, and uh so it was it was tough because I wanted to I wanted to try and get some stuff done while we're listening to the talks but i would only go do that if i'm really energetic and motivated that i can listen to these the information dense talks and
1: what do you think of uh, joanna weeby's talk weebs 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 why do i always say weeby i I don't know know. because that's the way it's spelled all right fair enough joanna weebs
0: i was good good huh yeah well yeah i thought she did good all-star yeah speaking of any food though we've had i've talked to uh well, because AnyFu has come up because when people talk about it, it's like, oh, hey, these guys. Because when they're explaining who we are, yeah. you know, saying they say, oh, and they launched AnyFu, <laughs> And
1: Don kinda... Felker's here, by the way, who's like the en- expert number one.
0: Yeah, so with Don, we've been hanging out with him. He's been sitting next to me. Well, the, like, or the Felker, as I called him. The Felker. <laughs> the Felker. So <laughs> it, hanging out with Don. I really like Don a lot. I mean, <laughs> Don's the kind of guy that I would hang, if he lived nearby, I'd be hanging out with a lot. Yeah. Like, right. he's just a cool guy. And I just uh, he's a smart guy. and He's just fun hanging out with. And um, well, a lot of people, too. But I mean, but, but we've been particularly just having a fun joking around. Um, and uh, so Don is here. And Lance, you know, Joanna and Lance yeah. are, are, are any Both experts? Both any experts, Are they yeah. any other any food? There's a any experts. Um, well, anyway, yeah. people, people have asked, a couple times it's come up where people have said, said started talking about any foo and other people are staying around and they're like, oh, well, you know, if you could find a Postgres expert, I hire right now. Or if you get another one, someone else, the guy from Authority Labs is like, do you know a CSS expert? Because we would hire them now. yeah. And yeah. so I sent two emails to Sarah. I'm like... <laughs> please try and put at the front of the queue, a Postgres expert and get a CS expert. Right. And so she says she has a CSS three expert and she's going to go get a expert. Postgres- oh, great. Postgres expert. Oh, that's good. But they're already kind of
1: in, she's already kind of been emailed them and they're kind of back and forth. Oh, that is it. Because I do think that any food can work for startups, you know, because oh, yeah. you, well, you'd pay a couple of hundred bucks to find out something like that, you know, just even, well, just even remove, don't some any cash, bl- yeah. remove some blocks. You have something yeah.
0: blocking you. You're uncertain about some problems. You need a few things solved. You can't hire someone like that. Yeah, you can. You, you have someone who's kind of you, have, you probably have either you yourself or your partner or something, or as a generalist, your generalist yeah. coder. You know, you can do some okay. DB, you can do some front end, you can do some back end, but you're not, you know, a world renowned expert in Postgres. But you have some some tricky Postgres well, stuff mean, you want to get done. You need to just get those the stuff answered.
1: I did it myself. I found a guy who was a, who was a specialist in Beanstalk PHP Beanstalk, mm-hmm. which is a job a job queue. Just just recently, I spent a couple of hundred quid to hire him for an hour just because it just, it just helps um you didn't want to put him on any food because i i, sh- I sent you his but you said no he he doesn't look enough of an expert
0: <laughs> well he didn't read a book he hadn't done anything No, he'd
1: done two two conferences he'd done two two presentations about being stalked okay. to, but that was it
0: maybe so i well one thing i said I, I i was very sensitive to the fact that the people on our site have to be what would look like acknowledged experts. I know what you and mean. I, and, like, in, and as you get more of them, it's like you can have some people in yeah. there who are experts, but it's not like they, they didn't necessarily write the O'Reilly book. I, I or know what you mean. There, it's like they had the one who, they, they didn't necessarily, they aren't the one who created this open source project. And oh, by the way, it's one of the biggest open source projects. I mean,
1: it yeah. does kind of look cool when you go to the AnyFoo page now and the top line of the new experts that Sarah's got, they're all O'Reilly authors. Like, it does kind of validate the whole thing. I, I do agree with you there.
0: Yeah, so I think it's hard to understate the importance of that kind of star power. Yeah. Not just for convincing potential customers or clients. No, new experts. But new experts. Yeah. Because we've gotten that happen where people we, are like, who are you guys? Is this legit? Like, we actually got a couple people who contacted our other experts. Yeah. And, you know, Don just because he showed me some text, on a, says, <laughs> me
1: well, text. Someone, someone said to don hey don i got contacted by these any food guys like like are they are they for real like are they any good and don was like winding us up he was like yeah i told them you guys sucked i mean i told." Stay away from those guys <laughs> yeah so and then he signed up right, he, signed he signed up sign. sent a, yeah that was so, great
0: so um it, it works it's important to get that going so anyway um my my enthusiasm for anyfoo is starting to wind up a little bit more. Oh, good. I'm, you know, as we get some more experts on, and you start to see that you know people would use the service and want to use it, that you know, I feel like if we can get, you know, like a, a you know, a, I th- I still think we need some more experts if we can really kick in the marketing. We don't have to, maybe not a hundred, but maybe you know, thirty range. 35. I think if
1: if the, if the rows of expert look this big, and I'm all. <laughs> I'm
0: show, you're showing you you have your hands about the size of your
1: head. Yeah, basically so if, if if you look at the front page and there's enough experts to fill up the size of my face in little thumbnails, I think then we're ready it. to go. Yeah. That's That's, I, that's like 50.
0: Maybe what we can do is just superpose them on your face. <laughs> <laughs> do like this really funky graphic like a Wired magazine
1: kind of graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go. yeah, that would actually be cool. Oh, that was, uh, that, was that was funny um only slightly related but uh gabriel yesterday said to you we'll, as as we kind of finished the meal he said hey you're going to the you know you you go to the gym tomorrow maybe we'll go together and uh i said oh, hey why are you asking him why don't you ask me he said, he's dude obviously you're not going to the gym <laughs> are you <laughs> jason's the one who goes to the gym he, he's like <laughs> i've
0: listened to 230 episodes i know you don't go to the gym <laughs>
1: yeah that's funny
0: <laughs> you go for a walk around the block right
1: <laughs> Oh, well, that's that's high exercise for me. Yeah, sure.
0: Um, so uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? The, the
1: the I want to. I'm 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 trying to get a walking desk. Did we talk about that in the no. previous segment?
0: No, we well, just talked about that offline. How are you getting a walking desk?
1: Yeah, so the, it's just a, a desk that you can that has a treadmill <laughs> that you can walk. I'm trying to really become a hamster. So <laughs> apparently, uh, you can. Yeah, it can really help. Apart from anything else, it helps with back pain. I've got a lot of back pain from sitting down for twenty years. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well I'll be interested to see if it works. I mean all your little gimmicks and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you Liquid diets. You're, you're just doing everything you can. <laughs> Except despite, for actually doing any work. Not, aside from actually doing hard exercise yeah. or stopping from like drinking wine and eating right. brownies and other stuff I saw you consuming the last couple of days. Okay. Cool. All right. So um let's move on. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to um I want to talk a little bit about, which is which my plan is some stuff we heard today, which is, I, I kind of I gave I wrote in my notes a little title "Looking Under the Covers," mm. which is like, you know, I think it's 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 our tendency to look at things sort of superficially just because it's it's easier, you know, people like simple answers, you know, simple things that can be can be sort of described in a in a phrase or, or mm-hmm. whatever, but. Probably things. Are, reality is that things are, are much more complex, usually.
1: The miracle function kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you have to unpack the miracle function. So you hear things like, well, AdWords don't work, or content marketing works, or it doesn't work. You people, you people fall on both sides, right? But really, what it comes, it's, it's, it's more subtle than that. So when we were talking to Ruben last night at dinner, he was explaining to us about how content marketing has worked for him, but how he had to try a lot of stuff to figure out what the right formula, yeah. what kind of of content marketing work, like what kind of, when we say content marketing, it means basically writing articles or blog posts um, and posting them on your site that will hopefully be of interest to potential customers. And it will be shared around the the internet via Twitter or Facebook or, you know, various link sites. And that people will come back and and they'll and they'll end up on your site and they'll read it and then they'll go, oh, well what's bid sketch? This is interesting. Oh wow, this is something we've been looking for. That's content marketing. That's something that Buffer Mm -hmm. has done you know, it's done an A-plus job of doing, yeah. right? And uh, I think Mint, the remember the, the financial site? Yeah. I think they did a great job doing that, um, writing lots of articles about finance and personal finance,
1: and that grew their grew their company. But it's also, I mean, that, that whole conversation last night was awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if we had recorded that, it would have been like our second best podcast of all time, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, Ruben is just so full of good information. But what was interesting is how, like, integrated the right the writers are with the process of actually getting the writing placed in a guest post scenario so you can't just write stuff and then hope that it gets out there i mean professional writers have relationships with blogs and you somehow have to magically cr- get connected to those professional writers it's very difficult to do it's not easy
0: right yeah right so um and so that was just one example and they were talking about adwords like, i mean like, like rob Who's been doing marketing and and, and, and um, he's he's used AdWords and and it was like what well, they call paid traffic. He's he's used that a ton, right? Would you say he's kind of an expert at that kind of stuff?
1: He's pretty good at AdWords, yes. But
0: yeah, but up until he he spent months before he figured out how to make them work
1: on HitTail. Well, he see he never made AdWords work on HitTail.
0: I, at the end, he said that he started to figure out what. What no, it's or,
1: Facebook. It's Facebook ads. So so his scaling of Hittail has been through Facebook, Facebook
0: Okay, ads. But he know, But I'm yeah. talking about like purchasing traffic. Yeah, yeah. He understood. Do yeah. you think that yeah. somebody like him, you would just sit down, like if you had your startup, whatever it was, and you sit down with Rob, that he could just say, oh, just do X, Y, and Z. Right. No, no, no. no. Even somebody as smart and as knowledgeable about that topic as himself, even though it's his thing, so he's thinking about it constantly, even though he's running experiments, still it took him months of try on air and actually becoming extremely frustrated. To like
1: Literally six months. Yeah. It took him six months of testing Google and testing AdWords and testing landing page, testing content marketing, testing all these different strategies.
0: Yeah. I mean, he tried lots of stuff, but I mean, even, even just, even if you talk specifically about yeah. the paid traffic. Yeah. And, and that was the same kind of conversation we had with Ruben about content marketing. Mm-hmm. He tried lots of things that didn't work. Yeah. Lots of things. And so it's like so- persistence and effort is a necessary, but not sufficient condition for success. But, it's like all of these all these people who've succeeded have tried tried lots of different things. They stuck to it. But it, it, it was only that they ended up through sticking to it and being creative that they ultimately
1: came across the correct formulation
0: for their business.
1: But we've said that I've tried lots of things for Plugio. But yeah. I, I don't think that compared to these guys You've, you, are you are really up, focused. You think you fake gave up to it Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that ultimately I've tried – 25% of what these guys you, have tried. You
0: know why I think that's, that is? Why? I think that that is a symptom of the fact that you get so optimistic about each new experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it, and you're like, every time I say, oh, this is going to work and this is going to thing. It's like, yeah. I could give you good examples, like when Company 52's email list or yeah. this and that, we can go on, this is going to be the game, changer, it's going to do it. And then that's when it true. doesn't, it just takes the wind out of your sails, and it just, um, it kind of, and, and then you lose energy and enthusiasm. It's true.
1: I should be thinking, I mean, I should have been thinking about those things in a different way. We much, just, m- much more, much less optimistic and much more, right. Does this one work? Right. Does be this dispassionate. One work? Yeah, like dispassionate, you have to think like yeah. a
0: scientist, like, you know, I'm going to run, we're going to run trials. We're going to run experiments. I'm not going to be emotionally vested in this particular hypothesis. Yeah. And I'm just going to try lots of stuff because not only not only what happens is that when you become emotionally attached to hypotheses, do you do you become subject to all kind of cognitive biases, sunk cost, and confirmation bias, and all these kinds of things that can make you think you're seeing something you're not. You know, the idea you're seeing patterns you're not there. You're, you know, all that kind of stuff. But also, it's just the emotional, um, uh, the emotional cost it takes. So it's like this is gonna work. And this work you're talking about telling people, and then it fails, and you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so depressed. I think you know, it's true. It's like you just kind of have to be. Uh, dispassionate and I think when you I think you know and 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 I bet you Rob and 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 all these guys uh in Ruben you know to some degree they got a little excited about a new idea I mean you can't completely be become emotionally divorced from it but I think over time it it, they learn to contain it a little better so they can have more um, they, 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 have more resilience to it and they can keep going and going well, and trying. I remember
1: stuff. speaking to Rob about nine months into hit tail, we, we had a conversation and, um, he really sounded down about it. He was like, I don't know if, if I made a right decision here, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but he, he just kept on persevering, kept on trying, but he put, you know, he put a lot of cash into it as well. Um, Say yeah,
0: figure. Well, I, and I was I was talking to Aaron about this when we were in line for lunch, and I, you know, we were talking about the sticking with things and finding stuff, and and I was using the analogy with trading. You know, I, I bring up trading every once in a while because tr- trading, the world of you know, we're talking about like coming with algorithmic trading strategies that can create sort of a systematic edge over the market, and and how you know people are like, well, is it possible? Is it not possible? Can you beat the market? To me, the financial markets and trading strategies and stuff is just a very distilled version of what all this stuff is. And 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 the the it's very hard to find strategies or even a uh, even some sort of semi-systematic way of discovering new strategies and determining if they actually do have theoretical edge and if you can actually um, make money off them and all that kind of stuff and that you're not falling victim to different types of um, overfitting and or you know survivorship bias or some data snooping and all these kinds of things and you know making sure they're robust strategies it's just like all this other stuff and the reality is. If you looked and you said, "Oh, trading," well, most trading companies fail. Does that mean that the people who who do succeed are just lucky? I mean, if you say like most of these startups fail, Is that, that is that was is Rob just lucky? It's just is Ruben pers- just lucky? I guess it's
1: just perseverance.
0: It's it's partially perseverance. It's partially creativity. It's uh, it's partially um, there. There's always a little bit of luck because sometimes you can try lots of stuff. And they're all, e- they all equally seem like pretty good ideas, but you actually just get enough that you try in a row that just fail and you just re- eventually just run a gash. Like, but it
1: also know. reminds me of the whole being a musician thing. Like with a musician, if you put your whole, like, like I've told you a few times, the only people I know who have ever made it as a musician, put everything into it. Right. Now, if you compare Rob and Ruben to me, for example, with Plugio, I've still really hedged my bets. You know, I've still been really doing a lot of consult. I haven't really kind of given everything to it in the same way that they have. Like, they've really just focused well, uh, on okay. given everything.
0: Only to be fair to you, though. I mean, like, <laughs> Ruben started Bid sketch while he was working full time.
1: He was right, doing it on the true, side. Yeah.
0: You know, it was and he didn't quit his job until it was making almost as much as he was making from his job. Yeah. yeah right. Or, you know, maybe 60 or 70 percent or whatever it was.
1: But, but the, the real growth for them actually happened since then. Yeah.
0: But so they right. were hedged when they started. That's true. It wasn't until yeah. I mean, so I don't think you could I don't think it's quite that strong you need to say it that strongly, like you're right. you're hedging and they're all in. I mean Rob was consulting for a while and doing yeah. this, this stuff. Anyway, but you know one of the things I wanted to bring up though is that you know, apart from you know, microconf and, 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 and thinking of like this idea of like perseverance and and, and and that you can't just look at things superficially, you have to look at the underlying dynamics. You know, I was um so I have worked on some examples. Um, and uh, one of the things is like, you know, uh, you know I've, talked, I've talked about how Colby is, I, I sign him up for that uh, baseball instruction. So every Sunday. The super hack. Yeah. The, the, one of my life super hacks, right? So it's like getting private instruction for things that yeah, people don't normally get private instruction for. Like people get private instruction for piano. Mm-hmm. Kids get private instruction. It's hard, you can't super hack that because everybody's doing it. Baseball. Don't people don't really get private instruction? They go in the baseball practice, they throw one with their friends or the dad, and they get they slowly get better. Yeah, Colby in like six weeks it has got remarkably better. It is shocking. I couldn't even th- go out and throw catch with play catch with him because he could only catch underhand, and it would always fall out of his glove. And. And and so he couldn't catch it for for half the time. And so he was. What's your link here? Let me get it. So he would throw it to me. And I couldn't. And it would always throw way past me. And it was really irritating. So now he's really gotten better. He hit, and then last week in and, and batting, he hit, like, well, like Sandy said, it was like a major league hit. Like he just cracked it past everyone. It was like a home run practically over everyone, you know, all the way to the fence. And everybody was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and so what he what I signed him up for, he does a half hour on Sundays mm-hmm. of throw and catch instruction and a half hour of um, batting practice. And of course, I mix in. He gets a, you know, we play some video games and stuff there. So it kind of, it's, it's fun and it's yeah. easy. But so... But when I was first trying to teach him, I was trying to help him with his batting practice. I mean, it was his hitting. And what I was doing, I'm not a baseball player myself. I mean, I had played it and I know how to, you know, throw and bat, but I'm not, I didn't like I played in college or something. And so before I was kind of watching some, um, some major league baseball and watching how they, uh, how the, how the batters actually hold the bat and swing. And I was looking at what he does and I said, Colby, you got to hold your back elbow up, you know? And I was telling him, do you do this and do that? I was telling him what to do. But then when I took him to the batting instructor, oh, and by the way, and then we did a lot of batting. we did some batting cage work, and I would constantly say, "Go, we keep your, you know, keep your elbow up, whatever." And I think of the batting instructor, and that's what this guy does, and he doesn't say anything about that. He says other stuff. And literally the 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 elbow is a side effect of something else. Mm-hmm. My my interpretation, my understanding of swinging the bat, and we could call that. Doing AdWords or content marketing was a superficial understanding of what was oh, really going on. That's,
1: there's the link. Let's go it, around. Okay, cool. underlying
0: yeah. dynamics. Like, yeah. looking under the covers, what are the underlying dynamics that yeah. are really going on? And, and I was just shocked. Like, so, okay. That that was really interesting to see that, and I was talking, and I was, you know, so it was kind of interesting watching the instruction and, and seeing all these underlying dynamics. So I was like, okay, I'm glad that I'm not trying to instruct Kobe anymore because I'm just leading him the I'm giving bad information. I'm giving superficial information that's irrelevant. And it kind of reminds me of like, um, you know, they start. Ta- There's all this big push in Silicon Valley for um, certain types of startups. Like, what makes a good startup? You know, it's like, well, it's a two or three young guys in their twenties doing this and they pattern match and all stuff. But those are purely superficial things. They have nothing to do really with what, it, what, with what a successful business looks like. They're pattern matching on superficiality, right? And, and what you need to look at for business or for anything is understanding what makes a
1: successful business. And you know, we've talked about, you know, many times in the show on business. Yeah, but, but I, one exception I would take to that is like why Combinator and Paul Graham does exactly that, does that pattern matching and, and talks about what it takes but he's got a lot of data to back it up.
0: Yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying, but you know, okay, not just from my combinator, but he's he's trying to take advantage of the fact that that these that these kids, you know, in their 20s are are inexpensive, right? they they have low risk. And so they don't cost a they don't cost a lot from their investment standpoint, right? You and I are more expensive. People of our age, mm. people of our experience, we have higher risk. We can't go and take three or six months and live off almost nothing, right? So they're trying to He's he's trying to play that arbitrage, like okay these yeah okay these is.
1: young guys in their twenties. just hold on one second. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thought that the white combinator is basically an arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Like I've never heard that said before. That's really interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know I don't know maybe someone else said that I don't know if, 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 if but yeah there are, it's definitely a, it's it's kind of an arbitrage. Like okay so it may not be a perfect arbitrage. I mean maybe people who had. 10 15 years experience developing software developing systems developing products w- could develop better products better systems quicker but they're so much more expensive and it's so much harder to get them to commit to doing something like that that it's like okay well these kids who have they've programmed in college they have built some stuff this this web stuff isn't that complicated they can kind of pick it up they can kind of fumble around the products will will be a little clunkier from a you know from all these other from a lot of different but from product perspective as well as from a technological perspective but it doesn't matter because these guys are cheap <laughs> right they're cheap we're gonna pay three thousand or uh, a month they're gonna live up and there's six, a lot seven, of them i mean but so he's
1: like super hedging right yeah, yeah. So they, they've got what 50 a year kind of thing they yeah they don't make that much and, yeah. and but, the, but
0: the but they only pay them for like a summer no,
1: i mean there's that i mean they've got 50 companies a year so it's a, it's a super hedge because not not only is it young and cheap well then there's but diversification also, right? there's yeah a lot of diversification yeah
0: but what I'm talking about more is like this sort of pattern matching for like th- a st- what a startup is, is it's three or X however many youngish, mostly guys. Maybe you have a female thrown in there and in ra- rare situations living in Silicon Valley. You know, they, they look this way. They talk this way. They build these kind of start, you know, they write these kind of blog posts. It's just pattern matching. Mm-hmm. But it's generally superficial. And, they, you know, and, and I just see that in our in life. People ape things. You know, they, they mimic things without really understanding it. It's kind of like a cargo cult mentality. And, you know, and I'll bring up the whole, like, the, the Tesla discussion, right? Like, why is it that I mean, why do, and this is obviously my personal belief. I personally believe the strategy, the Tesla strategy will work. But the reality is that most of Wall Street does not look at the underlying strategy. They look at the superficial numbers you know well, you know and the whole thing where t- i talked about solar city a couple weeks ago or whatever when they, st- they said okay if you look at the underlying how they're using their cash flow to buy these long-term essentially financial instruments and how this is going to work out they're just looking at like well did they make their number for last month this is their cash flow this is their debt to equity this is this they're looking at these sort of superficial numbers that aren't really capturing the underlying dynamics the underlying dynamics that are going to make this thing work and because they don't look at it they miss the opportunity and so it's why it's so important, I think, for things that you care about or you're investing in, is to look deep and understand the understand the underlying dynamics. I think that's good advice. You know, and it's like the black swan stuff. You know, people always say like, you know, oh, this is a black swan or that's a black swan. No one could ever have seen that coming. <laughs> you know, oh, like, you know, who would have known invading Iraq would have been a total disaster and taken trillions of dollars? A lot of people said it, but the idiots in the government and the idiots in the press we're looking at the depth of the complexity of the situation in Iraq yeah. or or the financial situation people were talking about oh well, who saw the financial meltdown no one no one could have seen it coming there were a ton of people in the financial world who are like saying you know the what's going on with these banks, what's going on with these mortgage companies is unsustainable it's financially irresponsible. they're sounding alarms, but then they're the top who just looks at things superficially, read superficial news stories, look at superficial headlines, they just look at a you know a couple things a few people say at a uh, at a Fed meeting like, oh, everything's good, so you got to look at the underlying dynamics.
1: you know I hate to say this because you're on a roll and it's sounding good, but actually we're supposed to be at the texting dinner right now.
0: Oh, you're making me quit on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can I, can I say one last thing? Here? Yeah, of course. Gonna, okay. I know we're going to just, do, I hey. mean,
1: it's hey, listen, they're your fans downstairs. It's up to you.
0: Okay. First <laughs> thing, oh, but Tesla hit was over 54 today.
1: <laughs> you, Sweet. you look like, you know what you're talking about. You really do.
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> on that, I, mean, I wish I even knew more, but I felt, I feel like I knew enough. I've right. done enough research and, and everything. So we'll see. But again, seven to 10 year investment. It's going to go up and down before. Well,
1: I want it to go back to 40 so I can buy. Me
0: too. I haven't bought enough. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta bought more. It's like, wait, come back. <laughs> Cause I, I I had I put in all that I could put into it, but it, it's not you nearly know, as much as I wanted to. But the um the uh, the other thing was um we were so we rolled out an early um version of, of the Secret Project at for, we didn't talk about this the, the first time. Oh, we, we didn't. Oh, okay. No, so let's just briefly talk about this. Yeah. So you been you were pushing me really hard. You're like, dude, I want to use this. want to use this. Get it out. Get it out. So I was like, all right. So I was scrambling. Get it out. Rolled it out. And there was probably, you found about eight bugs just trying to sign up in the mm-hmm. validation process, which was great. So you knocked the, we knocked those things out. And it seemed to mostly work, except that we needed some customization about when emails went out and, and things like that, notifications, without getting too specific into specifics of the product. Mm. And so I'm going back now and fixing a couple things with some cron scripts and some timing of how things work out. Um, and, and you were, you were telling me, you're like, well, you know, I think you really have to have this and that. And I was like, well, Justin, like you're talking these customization, these settings, like this is like not minimal viable product. And you come up with a great term. You're like, what you need is a minimum delightful product. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know,
1: not minimal, viable product minimum because because minimum viable product is still painful it's like it kind of does it but it's still it's still painful for the people involved like you need to make them very happy to actually use it that's what i that's what i think
0: yeah and that was an interesting way of putting it. it's like what what's the minimum point where it doesn't do everything but what it does do is delightful right and i thought it was a cute
1: little well, but because you because I kept on trying to push for these features, and you were like, "Yeah, but you don't really need that." I mean, it can still work if it just does this if it just does it this blanket way. And I'm like, "No, we it, we need a bit more customization so that each person can be delighted in their own way. Each person can get it uh, in a customized way that appeals to their daily workflow." Yeah, so, yeah,
0: but but I really wouldn't be doing my job right as a as an entrepreneur if I didn't push back on it. Right. If okay. I didn't fight against, well, you should do this. You should. But do no, that. Okay. but I was
1: I was right because no, you're right because the team the team were. Frustrated, you know, frustrated with the way it was working. That's right. right.
0: But I kind of like you had to prove it to me. Right. Like, I mean, it's not like I had fifteen customers and I had, <laughs> I had one customer. Like, okay, why does this a big yeah, deal? Yeah,
1: but in the meantime, I look like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs>
0: no. Well, the um, and the the other thing, the other s- the mistake that we made was a combination of two things that you didn't properly explain to the people in the company. Like, hey guys, this we're gonna bring this thing out. It Was kind of, it, but. It would have helped had the onboarding process naturally explained what the hell was going on. You probably should have done a preparation anyway, but that would have been ameliorated had I at the onboarding process. So it it
1: highlighted it highlight it actually it was actually good that I didn't because it really highlighted how important onboarding is gonna be for the product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that was interesting that was great. So I appreciate you pushing me to get that out and and everything. So making progress on it. So all right. Well, okay, I guess we're gonna go downstairs to dinner. Yeah, we've. It's not like every time we sign off the podcast, we're going to, get to eat. We're going to eat <laughs> <laughs> lunch or whatever. All right, that's a wrap. We're out.